I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please don't remake this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Please Don't Remake This, the movie podcast where my guests of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosher, and today I have with me ABBA superfan, so you all might be guessing the movie, and the host of Unstructions, the podcast. Please check it out. It's available on, it's available on Apple Podcasts in Spotify, right, Madison? Yeah. Yeah. And then also... Anywhere you listen. Yes. Anywhere you listen. And then at Unstructions on Instagram. And my guest, my lovely guest is Madison Massey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And you? I'm all right. You know, it's, it's January. There's a new president in the White House. Things... You want to feel less tense, but then you remember we're still in the middle of a pandemic and you're like, I don't think I can feel less tense. We were just told to start wearing two masks. I don't think I'm allowed to relax yet. So that's where I'm at emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. (laughs) Um, But today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all genders, non-conforming and otherwise, we will be discussing the incredible movie musical entitled Mamma Mia, which I love they wrote it like the name of the movie is Mamma Mia with an exclamation point because you can't forget the exclamation point, the movie. You, you have to be excited about it. It's oh. not the Mamma Mia without the punctuation. Can you imagine like not being excited about watching this movie? Like I can't. After watching it, I was like, I can't picture not having at least a little bit of a good time watching this movie. It's too fun to not have a good time. (laughs) Well, you know those, like, cinephiles that are, like, have those posters of Pulp Fiction in the room? They're like, (laughs) this is not a real movie. It's like, dude, just enjoy one thing in your life without trying to make it deep. Those like, are the people those are the people who watch a Quentin Tarantino movie and are like, I'm a cinephile now. It's like oh you gosh, just watched yeah. one Quentin Tarantino movie that does not make you a cinephile. Oh my God. Oh man, I hate those people. <laughs> but yes, yeah, we it's were like ta- going to one musical and being like I'm a I'm an actor now, <laughs> which is oh was me, God. but that's beside the point. Yeah, everybody <laughs> PSA. If you say to an actual if if there's someone you know in your life that is an actor and you say to them, "You know, I think I could have been an actor." Shut the fuck up. You do not know that. I fucking hate that. It was one of my biggest pet peeves in the world when people do that. <laughs> oh gosh, I haven't gotten that in a long time, but dude that's the worst. I don't say that about doctors. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm not talking to like a neurosurgeon and saying like, you know, I think I could have been a doctor. Like, that's not how this works, people. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> ooh, don't do that. So now anybody, if any of you meet me in person someday when COVID's not a thing, don't say that to me. I will get mad and I will express <laughs> my anger. 
Okay, so we're talking about Mamma Mia! Exclamation point. The movie. The movie musical of the hit. Uh, I believe it came out uh, 1999 on, in, on the London stage. And then 2008 in theaters with this amazing movie. Um, so you suggested the movie, Madison. So do you want to tell us, the listeners, uh, why this movie? Why pick this movie? Well... It's like the, to me, it's the movie that people need to watch, especially now, because mm. other than the fact that I, I love it, I mean, I can tell you about that part, but right now, I, I find it so hard to remember, like, how the feeling it was, like, the feeling of being spontaneous, and the feeling of traveling, of meeting people, like, at a party, or just the whole vibe of Mamma Mia is something that just needs to, <laughs> people just need it in their lives, Ash after like almost a year of being in this pandemic. Yeah. So that's one reason. But also, I love this movie. It's so good! For some reason, God was just like, you know what? We're going to make this person feel ABBA's music on a spiritual level. And I said, (laughs) I can't deny that. So (laughs) I obviously have a bias towards this movie. It's not a blind bias. Like, I understand it's not, you know, the most like it's, it's not the best script it's not the best duh i don't know fill in the blank but it does have the best music um it really does like one of my notes in this movie was that it actually made me love some of the songs some of the abba songs that i don't normally like oh like which ones well the ones that stand out to me are super trooper and sos <gasps> yes. not really my faves in real life but watching them in the movie i was like okay mm. i get it I see Interesting. It. Yeah. Because Which... Super Trooper is like my soul song. Like, Wait. that's my siren <laughs> song. Really? That doesn't surprise me, actually. I was going to ask you, well, when we get to best song, we'll get to talk about it a little bit more about what songs, like, get to our heartstrings. But I was curious yes. as to which one stood out for you. Because when you suggested this movie, I was literally like, this movie is your aesthetic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is who you are meant to be, is just this movie. <laughs> hey. It's, it's it's true. No denying that. It's... <laughs> and I agree with everything you said about, like, right now, this is such a great movie to watch. Um, I almost kind of wish I had done this movie sooner, starting this podcast, because it really is. This is, like, the perfect quarantine, the perfect, the perfect COVID mm. movie. It's just so lighthearted. It's everything we're not able to do right now. It's exactly. literally everything. <laughs> we can't socialize. We can't party. We can't go to a wedding. We can't go to Greece. Like... <laughs> All these things we can't, we can't do right now. Try to find out who our father is. No, yeah, we can't invite. We can't even talk to three strangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Um, and and for me also, I was so happy to talk about this because this is this this musical is very personal for me because it's the first Broadway mm. show I ever saw. No way, you saw it. I saw it <gasps> on Broadway when I was nine. Uh, two thousand uh, f- five, two thousand five, I think. And, oh man, I, I remember sitting in the audience and my life was changed. I had, I had started to sing a little bit of musical theater with church choir, like doing competitions. I would sing popular <laughs> from Wicked. And I remember- Of course, so, as my, one does. I remember my step-grandmother got us, so it was my mom, my sister, and I going to New York. It was our first trip to New York together. And I'd always wanted to come here and I was so excited. And my, of course, Wicked had already been out for a few years and was like the hottest ticket to get, but it was really expensive. My step-grandmother like either couldn't afford it or didn't want to pay for it. So she gave us tickets to Mamma Mia instead. Mm. 
And I knew nothing about it going in. I just sat in that chair and watched and my life was forever changed. I officially loved musical theater and I like slowly grew the obsession until eventually taking drama class in middle school and then the rest is history. I'm now, uh, I say actor in quotation marks because you know COVID. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. This was like your, your, not baby musical, but the reason why you're, you went down this path. That is incredible. Yeah, basically, this was like the beginning of the end. And <laughs> I, I love this musical. I love this show. I've listened to the soundtrack. I can't tell you how many times. I was so excited when they announced the movie because this only came out. So the movie came out only like a couple years after I'd seen it on Broadway. So I was so excited ah. to get to watch it because I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so cool. I get to relive it all over again. And at this point, right when this came out, I was about to go into middle school and start studying theater professionally and like start committing to being to a career of acting. So like the timing of watching it for the first time in, on Broadway and then watching this movie right before officially becoming an actor is just like blows my mind. So this musical means everything to me. Um, so I was so excited when you suggested it because I was like, oh, I'm going, I'm definitely going to cry at some point in this episode talking about how much I love this because like Aww. it just means like it literally is the reason why I'm an actor. Well, it's part of the reason that I'm an actor now. So it's just like, I love this. And anybody who says that they don't think it's that good, fuck you. Don't, you're not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't, don't uh, we learn two lessons today. Do not say that acting is easy and do not say that mama mia is bad or lauren will will curse you out so i will come out, for people. you i will come <laughs> for you that's literally yeah i'm known from at su from my graduating class for crying over giving a a one minute passion speech about how much i love hello dolly <laughs> so don't come for me oh my, my love theater. <laughs> Yeah, freshman year, Lauren was a bit of a wreck. It's okay. <laughs> we love her anyway. That um, is a fun fact. Yeah, very fun. Um, So we now move into the stats of the movie. So 2008, summer, July 2008, picture it, all the horrible fashion choices. <laughs> um, I was 11 when this movie came out, which I'm just, oh my God, Lauren at 11. Braces already. Had no idea what was coming. <laughs> uh, and PG-13, which I think is a very appropriate family rating. Sometimes with these movies, they're not very accurate ratings. This movie, I feel like without... If they had cut maybe one or two of the sex jokes, I think this movie definitely mm. could have been PG. Because there's only a couple of graphic things in this. Oh. Overall, I found it yeah, pretty appropriate. Yeah, that's true. But I didn't even think about the rating. Yeah, that's true. I guess... I didn't even consider the the freaking rating. To me, I, I didn't watch this movie until I was a junior in college, actually. Fun fact. Wait, because really? I knew. Yes, I'm a late bloomer, but the love I have for it is just as much as my love for, like, something I watched when I was five years old. So, <laughs> to me, the lines are blurred. But <laughs> the reason why I didn't watch it was because I knew in my little Christian head that this woman had sex with three men and she doesn't know who it is. And that's irresponsible. <laughs> See, but, I, um, I used to feel that way about Donna, but then watching it again, I don't blame her in the least anymore. And now well, exactly when we get to the literal worst, I have some very spicy hot takes for that category because... Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. I have some I thoughts. have a very simple one. <laughs> I, I have some so. thoughts on... Well... Yeah, I have. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, 
But yeah, PG-13, and then directed by uh, Philida, I believe is how you pronounce it, Philida Lloyd, who also directed the original uh, stage production in London. Oh, good. Which I thought was really cool that they brought back, they brought back almost all of the original people. So she directed the original musical, and then the, the person who wrote the screenplay also wrote the musical book, Katherine Johnson. And um, Judy Kramer, who is the one who created the idea for the musical and is one of the producers of it, also was one of the producers on the movie. Which, fun fact, if anybody watches the credits, Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks produced this movie. And I what? am still recovering from that fact. Why? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Daddy Hanks? Yeah, Daddy Hanks. I And I love that they did, but I'm also just like, why? Like, maybe, <laughs> exactly. I, I want to know if they're super fans of this musical. And if they are, please email me. We need to talk. We need to yeah, discuss this musical. What business have with that? I know. It just, it blew my mind. I was like, how did I not know that? That is hilarious. I love it. It's like Whitney Houston being one of the producers on Princess Diaries. It's just like, makes me so happy to know that these people just- Wait, that's a real thing? That's a real thing. She was one of the producers of the Princess Diaries. Wow. Learning love new it. things every day. Love it. Yeah, that's why you come to the podcast. Woo! Um, and then, of course, the music was written by Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulvaeus, Ulvaeus uh, who also wrote the music for the show. Duh. Uh, choreographed by Anthony Van Laced, last, who also choreographed the original show and other works he did. Um, other Broadway works are like Sister Act, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Bombay Dreams. You get the picture. And then we have the incredible cast, which in my opinion is one of the best cast movies ever. Like it, this, I think it's so well cast. Amanda Seyfried, Stellan Skarsgård, Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, Meryl fucking Streep, bam, Julie Walters, Christine Baranski, and Dominic Cooper. Just, like, so good. It's pretty star-studded. So star-studded. There's one thing that I'm like, ugh, it's just the singing. I'm like, it's star-studded. I love the cast, but I'm like, (laughs) sometimes. Me, personally, the only singing that I think is rough is Pierce Brosnan. Love you, dude. But, like, wow, they should have just replaced his voice. I don't know why they didn't cast somebody else to be his voice dub. Um, that was, that was pretty bad. Um, but everybody else I think was good. Meryl was still kind of, like, getting her way. But now, like, watching her in the prom and hearing her voice in the prom, I'm like, oh, honey, she has improved in 12 years. Like, are you kidding me? Has she improved or has the editing improved? That's not for me to decide. That's just a thought that came to my head. I have no idea. Shots fired! Oh my god, that is such a spicy hot take. Wow. But... Yes, Piers is bad, in my opinion. Meryl's is like, I need someone else. Some Sorry. And then, uh, what's his name? Colin Firth? Colin Firth. I actually <laughs> I thought never Colin... said it out loud. I actually thought Colin Firth was pretty convincing. Like, I didn't Our last summer last was summer. good, but yeah, the other one, uh, Take a Chance on Me, I was like, what is this? <laughs> well, just like, some of the songs. Like, the story is absurd. I mean, like... This like this whole musical, but is the insane. singing doesn't have to be. The singing can be well, that's, good. Well, that's know. why. So people, if you want to pay for like a cheap ticket, like yeah, show or go see a movie musical, but it's probably not nearly as good as going to a Broadway show. If you want to hear real singers, Retweet. go see a Broadway show. Pay us the money we deserve. Um, but I think it's a great cast. If if you exclude the singing, mm-hmm. I think the the look of each of these characters and their chemistry. I mean. Their chemistry yes. is amazing in this movie. 
between the three men, between the three friends of Meryl, Julie, and Christine, between Amanda Seyfried and Dominic Cooper, between Amanda Seyfried and her friends, like, the chemistry in this movie is fucking bonkers. Like, I genuinely believe all of these people the whole movie. I was so impressed. Oh my gosh. I mean, Donna, anytime that she's talking with her friends, I'm like, that's the type of friendship I want. Yes. (laughs) I want to insert myself in there. Yeah, seriously. I was so jealous. I was like, so that, like, because I also was like, none of them I think have ever worked together before. So watching Mm. them, I was like, how the hell are they so close in this movie without maybe even having met? Who knows, you know? And I was just, I, I was, I was blown away. Like, I think it's incredible what they were able to do in this movie. And so, in my opinion, amazingly cast. Maybe the singing could have been better for certain people, <clears throat> Pierce Brosnan. But I, I still think the casting is perfect. I think they should have just dubbed his voice. Um, should we move along, right along into the superlatives? Oh, yes. But before we do, I, I forgot I wasn't quick enough, but I have a fun fact that you may know. Ooh. But maybe other people don't. But ben- Benny and Bjorn, the original ABBA people, do you know the musical that they wrote? The musical? Um. Yes. W- oh, God. I probably will know as soon as you say it. So just it's go for it. chess. Yes. Oh, I read that earlier today. I knew I knew. Yeah. Which also chess. Everybody check out chess. I don't know why. <laughs> I actually, I think I watched a video of chess today on on Instagram, and somebody was just like, why is this not revived more? The score of the show is fucking Mm. brilliant. And, like, truth, it's amazing. Why is it not done more? I don't know. Who knows? Gotta get those unhyped musicals hyped up. Their time is coming, but yeah. When when I was listening to that soundtrack, I was like, this this is slapping. Who made this? And I was like, of course. Of course it's them. <laughs> this actually, I when I was reading, when Chess came up today with like my research for, the, for this episode, it was mentioned that Judy Kramer, when she originally was coming up with the idea for this show, came up for it during the 80s when they wrote Chess, when they were writing Chess was when she oh created gosh. in 1983. Mind you, this wasn't on stage until 1999. And 16 years before that, she already came up with the idea for this musical. Which also, Mind blown. fun fact, for those of you who don't know, this uh, storyline actually is pretty similar to an Italian movie. Um, I think it's called Buonasera, Mrs. Campbell, I think is what it said online. Um, and... Um, it's the similar storyline. A woman doesn't know which three men are the father to her young daughter. And um, a lot of people have criticized saying that, like, Judy Kramer might have stolen the idea. She denies having known the film at all before creating this idea. Um, hmm. So who knows, honestly, you know? Um, a lot of people, you know, insinuate, like, because they just changed it to Greece from Italy, that, like, it just was way too close, <laughs> too similar. And I'm like... You know, maybe, I think that's, like, one of the hardest things about, like, creating work is you always are mm-hmm. afraid of um, stealing somebody else's ideas. It's funny, like, I said that recently, I'm working on writing something right now, and I told somebody recently, I'm not really watching anything new right now because I get worried about taking ideas from things that I watch. So I just, like, rewatch the same stuff I'm used to because I'm so worried about on subconsciously being influenced by things that I'm absorbing and then end up taking something. But Hmm. in the arts, I feel like we're always just kind of regurgitating the same thing. It's just with our own spins on it. So I don't know. There's no original idea anymore. 
Like, it's yeah. all just creative, like, creative spins. Whatever you make is going to be, like, original because it has your own take to it. Maybe yeah. the plot is, like, similar, but okay, everything is, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In some exactly. way, shape, fast, fashion, form. I'm I'm stuttering. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, now should we move into the superlatives? Yes. Cool. Okay. So we start with the classic best dynamic duo, which I only wrote down one nomination because I was thinking about the movie and I was thinking about all the relationships and I was just like, you know, the only one that I really like get behind the whole time is Donna and the Dynamos. That's what I put. It's, yeah. There's no duo. It's a trio, man. Yeah, seriously. Some movies just require it. You know, Hocus Pocus, I felt like it was required to nominate mm. the Sanderson sisters in this movie. I feel like Donna and the Dynamos, you gotta have all three. You gotta have Donna, Rosie, and Tanya. You know, it's just... It's they're... the holy trinity, man. Yeah, they're a package deal. Yeah. God, they're so good in this. And their chemistry. I'm, I'm literally gonna mention that maybe like 30 times in this episode. They're just like... <laughs> I couldn't believe that they were acting. I was, I was genuinely, I was in it. I was really invested that they were all best friends. It was, oh God, it was good. Um, all right, well, moving right along, let's move into Class Clown. So I have only a couple of nominations, the people who really got to me in this movie, which is probably going to come as no surprise to anybody who watched it, Julie Walters and Christine Baranski as Rosie oh, and Tanya. Yeah. I mean, I almost want to tie them because they both steal, like, every scene they're in. <laughs> Even from Meryl. Like, they steal scenes from Meryl Streep. Like, they knock this movie out of the park and they're so fucking funny. God, I love them in this. Do you have any nominations? Uh, funny enough, I only have one, but I forgot the name of him as I was writing it down, so I just put down the blonde dad. <laughs> oh, Stellan Skarsgård? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is just, like, uh, I wrote this down when I was watching the Voulez-Vous number, and he was just, like, <gasps> yes. dancing, and, like, obviously Colin uh, Harry, the character's yeah. name is, he was very uncomfortable, and then they, like, pan over to, uh... To Stellan's cars. Uh, to Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill, thank you. Bill. Bill with the Egyptian eye tattoos on his knees. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, this man <laughs> is killing me. So... Yeah. He is. But you're so right. The duo of them, they are. I didn't even think about them because to I guess to me they're so like iconic that I put them in a different category, mm -hmm. but they are so funny. Oh my gosh. They're even in so the second funny. movie, I'm like be be still my beating vagina. I'm like oh! who says that? <laughs> they do. <laughs> the the second movie was only kind of good because of them. Like <gasps> oh, hot take. Oh, Actually, I, have... I like the second movie better in some aspects. No, really? Oh, then we're going to get into it when we get to remake because, mm. man, I was highly disappointed by the, the sequel. Wow. Oh, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I actually wanted to write down Bill as a, an honorable mention. I forgot to write his name down. But I do, I consider him an honorable mention. He is genuinely funny in this. I love, I do, <laughs> I, when you mentioned the Voulez-Vous sequence, that whole gimme, 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 and then Voulez-Vous sequence, mm. watching him be so turned on by all these young girls tying him to a post i was just like wow is that what like, am i watching yeah i was just like i watched this when i was 11 i didn't even know what sex was yet and i'm just watching this man <laughs> be tied to a pole by a bunch of women which i was like yeah i'd like that too you know that seems nice <laughs> that seems like a fun way to spend an evening um <laughs> 
But yeah, I, he is fucking hilarious with this. He's great. Um, all right. So moving right along to now the literal worst, which this is where my spicy hot takes come in, where I actually have to read some of my notes that I wrote down because I have thoughts. So my honorable mention is Sam. It was Pierce yep, Brosnan's same. character. Because he, like, when he explains later, you know, that he, so basically he cheated on his fiance with Donna. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Sam. I thought you said Sky. Uh, oh, no, I, I said Sam. Wait, you think Sky is the literal worst? Sky is so full of himself, but oh. you go, you go. Oh, wait. Okay, I'm excited. to. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about this category. We have all the thoughts. Okay, so Sam, it's for those of you, if you didn't pay too much attention to the storyline. So Sam cheated on his fiance with Donna. Then after he realizes he's fallen in love with Donna, he is engaged and decides he has to leave. He leaves, breaks things off with his fiance because he realizes he can't marry her, comes back to be with Donna, and gets intimidated because he hears she's off with some guy. Which it's like, if you love her, fight for her, dude. Why the fuck would you just, like, not go through with it? And then he goes back to the woman he just dumped and marries her and then lives a loveless marriage for many years and then comes back to Donna and the one day they like barely patch things up, he proposes and they get married for no fucking reason other than that it's a silly, ridiculous, amazing musical. And I just like, oh God, that's horrible. Like just hearing that, like me saying it, I'm already, I'm re-horrified by this by him and his existence. Yeah, now that you put it like that, that's actually, that that's douche behavior. It's a huge douche behavior. And it's like, dude, what you think you would have learned your lesson by, what the fuck? And it's just really upsetting. So that's, so for me, him is the honorable mention. But the true <laughs> villain of the movie, the true literal worst for me is, drum roll please. Da, 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 da. Da, da, the true literal worst is, uh... Is Sophie. Ooh. And I have notes. I have evidence. Okay. Here we go. So this bitch. <laughs> this horrible girl. She decides. Wait, where are my notes? Okay. So first, she reads her mom's diary without permission. <laughs> and oh, I literally true. wrote in all capitals. Boundaries, bitch. With an exclamation point. Because what the fuck is she thinking? Then, two, she makes people chase after her. Like, physically chase after her the entire movie. Which it's like... There was a lot of chasing. Like, what was that about? A lot Plot of chasing. I, I just feel like they're like, let's use the island. We must get the scenery in. So we'll just make her run away from everyone all the time. Did you know most of that scenery was green screen? Oh, I'm not surprised in the I least. You can literally apart. tell in some of the scenes that they filmed during the day and then just put filters over it to make it look like nighttime. Dude, I guess not me because I, I was like, damn, they're at, they're in Greece right now. Look at that. <laughs> No, there, there are only, Man. like, there are a few moments that are, like, pretty obvious, but it's also just because I've watched this movie so many fucking times. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then she's making people physically chase after her all the time, which is just manipulative as shit. I, I like, pe like, some people are old in this movie, honey. You cannot make them run after you. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so this is literally what I wrote in my notes. I wrote, oh, I wrote in all caps. Okay, hold on. And then I write. 
So this girl thinks that without a DNA test, she can just tell one of these men he has a long lost daughter and it won't create chaos? Three question marks? Like, literally, she just thinks that she can pretend to be her mom, which also catfishing these poor men who have not spoken to her mother since their one night stands 20 years ago. She thinks she can just pretend to be her mother. And when they get there, she literally had zero plan. Like, her plan was that she would recognize her father instantly. You fucking bitch. Like, that's not how this works. Order a fucking paternity test. Also, you're getting married. Why the fuck would you call them the weekend you're getting married? Why didn't you do this months in advance so you could have done a fucking paternity test? Find out for real who your father is instead of just a wild assumption and then hope to God that they don't fucking hate you and Donna because they hooked up with her one night only when they were so much younger so many years ago. And then she puts, the thing that bothers me the most is she never talks about her mother in the situation of inviting them. She never thinks about the personal turmoil she is going to put her mother Mm. through by inviting these hookups she had. And what's more, almost most upsetting is that because Donna doesn't know who the father is, she's just bringing up all of this motherly guilt that Donna has probably had her entire life with, like, since having Sophie, of not knowing who the father is. And not having done anything sooner about it. And she's making her relive all of this grief at the same time as losing her daughter to this guy she's about to marry. And that they're not going to have the same relationship anymore and their whole life is gonna about to change. Like, this girl is so fucking selfish. And I say all of this deep down from my heart because this also, Sophie, is one of my top five dream roles to play ever. (laughs) So I say this from like a place of like, I've studied her character relentlessly and she is supremely selfish. And the shit she pulls in this movie acting as if this isn't all her fucking fault and she takes almost no responsibility for this. And then at the same time as doing all of this to her mother and to the three men who potentially one of them is her father, she's also doing this to her betrothed and she's putting him through hell the weekend they're supposed to get married, something that he doesn't even really want to do that she's kind of pushed him into. She's also taking away extreme amount of attention from their wedding to figure out who her father is. And he's she's not even telling her fiance that she's doing this because she doesn't trust him it is upsetting it is i i oh my god i (laughs) i mean i just got worked up for it about it for like two minutes but yeah i she's the literal worst i cannot believe she puts all of her loved ones through this over the course of the movie and then in the end decides at the last second you know what i'm not even gonna get fucking married the whole point of this whole adventure i'm not even gonna go through with it and She's a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good button. Man, it sounds like, geez, when you put it that way, if Sophie had common sense, we would not have this movie. No, exactly. I mean, literally, this whole movie is predicated on the idea that she is an idiot. Like, <laughs> that's the only reason this movie happens. Uh, if she had just been a little bit smarter, none of this would have happened. I'm not. I'm not saying that I... No, I don't want to even say that sentence. <laughs> but uh, 
that I have never thought of it like that because I'm like, yes, this is what happens. This is the movie. Of course, this has to happen. But geez, when you put it that way, I'm like, um, that's villain shit. Yes, exactly. And like, I love Sophie. I want to play her so, 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 so badly. But like, how selfish can you be, girl? How toxic as fuck? Toxic. Super fucking toxic. Oh, man. Love her, though. But like, Jesus, she's the literal worst. So, hey, we have to criticize the things we love. Exactly. Yes. We need to call out our loved ones when they are not doing enough. And that's, that's her. So, but you mentioned you nominated Sky for this position, so please. Okay, now now I've been put in a predicament that I wasn't intended for, where I have actually shifted my views. I haven't shifted, but now I see it through a different way, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is coming from um a way far right field, like way way over in the corner, <laughs> not <laughs> uh yeah. But the way that I've always seen this movie, um. I'm trying hard to forget all the, the the facts that you just slammed down. They were <laughs> that was pretty tight, but um, if you're like me, you you ignored all those red flags, and all you <laughs> saw was that the fault was in the mail because that that is me. That is how I think. No, just kidding. But the um, for me, whenever I watch this movie, I'm I always saw Sky as selfish. And just kind of like a, a dirt twad because in my eyes, I have always saw like Sophie, maybe she didn't do it in the best light, in the best way, trying to find her father's, but she didn't, obviously, like, she has never had this type of practice before. She doesn't know how to find her dad. So she was like, oh, maybe this is like my last chance. Like, what else can you do? There's no Facebook in the 1990s, I guess. But, um... <laughs> So you got to send a letter and maybe they'll do it. So yeah, she was mani- manipulative, but she she in her mind thought she was doing what was right and but she um, knew she was doing something wrong though by pretending to be her mom and then trying to keep the fathers away from Donna for a while. Like she always This is knew, also true. She always knew what she was doing was wrong and she did it anyway, which is also why I think she's the literal worst. I forgot to mention that point, so I'm now I'm just slipping that in there. Okay, continue. Oh yes, thank you. Um, I guess I was trying to set up to why I thought <laughs> Sky was. I'm sorry, no. Um, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm learning. I'm living. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm just gonna put it down. Yeah, Sky is the worst because when she was like, mind you, trying to find, they had that little talk. Mm-hmm. I forget after what song, but she's like, I'm trying to find my father, and he's like. Dude, why are you thinking of yourself? Like, we gotta think about the wedding. I'm just like, okay, for one second, Sky. Um, she, she, she's. Wait, what did I write down? He was like, "Why? Well, I don't care about your childhood trauma of your mother not communicating with you about her past. I like all I have to think about is the wedding, and that's what I saw from it. Also, I guess I just didn't like Sky's acting. He acted like a guy that I personally would not even give the light of day so i understand that's a part of it where i'm like sophie you deserve better if he doesn't want to get married to you why are you hanging out with him but see like i i get defensive for him because i uh, especially on watching it this time around i feel for Mm. him in this movie where we get enough of the story that like it's clear he did want to get married but he wanted it to be simple i mean he said he just wanted to go to the mainland with a couple of witnesses and, like, call it a day. Like, he didn't want a big shindig. So I feel for him that already the whole setup, it kind of reminded me of, like, the Sex and the City movie, 
where he, where, like, Big had almost no say in the wedding and then, like, panics. Like, I saw that happening to Sky in this, too, that she was just completely ignoring what he wanted. And then, after making him go through all these things that he doesn't want to do, the weekend of her wedding, she decides to, instead of getting her shit together to get married, she decides to find out for, the like, for once and for all who her father is and doesn't even tell her fiancé, like, her future husband. She doesn't even tell him she's doing this. And I can imagine the amount of portrayal he must have felt from that. Like, I'm about to marry this girl and she didn't even deign to tell me her big plan that she's doing. And I love, if you watch his face in the wedding scene where all of a sudden Donna interrupts the wedding and then... Sophie and Donna just are having this conversation about her father and, like, all this stuff. If you look at his face, he's standing there as if, like, really? This is happening right now. <laughs> like, after everything you've put me through. And I died of laughter because I was like, exactly. She's putting him through so much. And then in the end, she just calls off the wedding, which, like, he looks so relieved. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised he's relieved because she just put him through hell for, like, three days or maybe even months if he'd never wanted to go through with, through with this big wedding in the first place. She's just been, like, forcing him to do it. And I, like, I really, I, I feel for him a lot in this movie. I also agree with him that, like, her knowing who she is has nothing to do with who her real, with who her father is. It should come from within. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't know who she is, that's on her, not because she had an absent father. And I actually really like that advice that he gives and, and, like, just, like, suddenly hints it in the middle of the movie. I was like, oh, okay. Big lesson right there. That is a quote. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel for him. And I, I think that he deserved better, actually. We also get almost no screen time from him in this movie versus the movie That's the, true. versus the musical where the, his character is much more fleshed out and their relationship is a lot more fleshed out. In this That would have been nice to see. Yeah, seriously. In this, all we get is secondhand accounts of everybody questioning the wedding, which one of my notes was like, why is everybody so anxious about this wedding? Like they seem like a happy couple. They just like haven't actually sat down and really communicated yet. Like they're a good couple. They just haven't really talked about what they want to do. Instead, she's just kind of telling him what she wants. And then he's just going along with it because he loves her. And that's like, ooh, not great. Um, So, yeah, back to. Yeah. So I, I land on Sophie. <laughs> All right. But I see your points, though. I also think that, like, this movie is supposed to be made to not like Sky. Like, I feel like there are things that are set up where you're not supposed to like him. But on further inspection, I feel like he he is done. They they do him dirty in this. No, it takes critical thinking to get to that point. For real. Like, they, they do they do hand it to you. They spoon feed, like, no, the, the Sky is bad. And, like, listen, when I'm watching this movie, I'm just... I, I don't know. I go on autopilot. I'm like, well, I can dance with your honey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I was really hoping you'd sing it one point. Oh, wait. Fun fact. Do you know I'm actually in the ABBA tribute band? I think I saw you post about that once. Wait, we need to talk about this more. Yes. So I I was like, you know, I went to school for acting and theater and all that jazz but I was like I don't really enjoy acting and if I could sing anything it would be ABBA songs so I I researched it and I was like oh there is a band here in New York and so I just sent my film in and they're like oh we want to meet with you and then they hired me <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
And then everything shut down. Yep. Yeah, because COVID ruins everything. It ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really cool, though. I, I actually really like that. Again, like I said, this movie is literally your entire aesthetic. So I love knowing you're <laughs> in an ABBA, you're in an ABBA band. Um, should we move on to the next superlative? Yes. Okay, so now we move on to Where Are They Now? Which I have a few nominations. I have... Uh, really, one of them I almost kind of want to remove from the list. So we have Pierce Brosnan, hmm. Colin Firth, and Dominic Cooper. But the person I kind of want to remove is Colin Firth because he still is consistently work. I feel like he's a little bit more in the spotlight than the other two. So I'm a little like mm-hmm. to narrow down the field. But Pierce Brosnan and Dominic Cooper, man, like Dominic Cooper, especially fucking sexy as shit and had so much work in the late and early 2000s to 2010s. Really? Yeah, he was in, like, a number of things, especially, like, a lot of UK work, and then started to make appearances here in America, too. I mean, he was in a fucking Avengers movie. He was, um... What? He was Tony Stark's father. (gasps) Well, you're right. I I was just like, man, this guy just lost his role, didn't he? (laughs) But Uh here he is in Avengers. The heck? That's cool. Yeah, he's, like, done some, like, big things, and then I feel like for the last couple of years, I just haven't... I can't remember the last thing I saw him in. And then Pierce Brosnan especially, I can't remember the last thing I saw him in. I remember watching him in an action movie my senior year of high school, but I don't think I've seen him in a single movie since. And I know he's done a couple of things, but, like, now he's still doing, like, action movies. And, like, also, Hollywood, (laughs) can you stop casting these old white men in action movies? None of us give a shit. Oh, you don't like it? Oh, wait. (laughs) That was sarcasm, I hope. Oh, God. It was. It's fucking, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We've seen it already. We've seen it for, like, 50 years. It's not interesting. It's actually kind of sad because, like, most of the time all I'm thinking is, wow, you're, like, 60 and you're trying to pretend to be, like, a 30-year-old heartthrob (laughs) and you, 30 years too late. It's over. Just get over it. Just, like. Is that Tom Cruise? A Tom, Tom Cruise this is at Tom to Cruise. This is at Liam Neeson. This is at Pierce Brosnan. Mm. I'm fucking over all these white men being like, I can be an action hero still. No, you can't. No, you can't. You're not convincing. You're not good at it. We all know <laughs> that there are just stunt doubles who are literally doing every single stunt for you. Or then there's Tom Cruise, who all I hear about is him getting injured. I'm like, oh, that's so impressive. <laughs> and I'm just so fucking tired of it. Nobody gives a shit. Just fucking stop. Worrying. Because aren't their bones going to, like, break? Disintegrate? Yeah. It's not just all of you. Stop. In Hollywood, stop letting them produce their own work when they produce them. Literally, Tom Cruise, the only reason he's still an action star is because he produces his own movies. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes sense. I mean. That's all I notice is every movie he's in now, he's producing. So it's like, of course, then he's the lead (laughs) role in the movie. And that's not at all impressive. I don't give a shit. Most of these people are actually genuinely good actors. So why the fuck are they doing an action movie? The point of an action movie is not to be about acting. So why would they do a movie where they don't act? Or if they act, it's really bad. I got an answer. ABBA, play, money, money, money. (laughs) Which also, it's like... How low is your life if you, all you care about is the next, like, you probably are sitting on, like, a hundred million dollars. One more movie is not going to make you, like, technically any richer, you know? Yeah, they could have retired, like, uh, three or five years ago. Or at the very least, don't even, like, if you don't want to retire, I get that. I'm never fucking retire. Well, I don't know if I'll ever retire. I don't really want to. I'm too much of a workaholic to ever retire. But, like... 
do better work. Like, Tom Cruise was genuinely a good actor in the early 90s. Like, what happened to that? What happened to him being a good actor? Now I don't give a shit. And I'm just, oh, all of you, stop it. Stop it. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Just, like, be like, what's her name from Hunger Games? Jennifer Lawrence. Like, she was really good, and she, and then all of a sudden she vanished. Well, she realized, well, she probably realized she was just playing the same role over and over again in every movie, and she just mm. needs to wait until good work lands on her table. And it's like, yeah, just, like, wait for better work. Yeah. It's like you have enough fucking money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, I have all the opinions. That's why I started this podcast. Mwahaha. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those are my nominations. Do you have any nominations for Where Are They Now? Uh, Just, yeah, just Dominic. Because, like, I've seen... All of these actors, at least like the main ones, you know, I don't who I don't really care about Sophie's friends. Sorry, not sorry. But like Dominic, who? <laughs> I Yeah. So and he was yeah. so hot, too. I don't know how. But this happens oh, to a lot of hot men. And, and oh, wait, you don't find him attractive? No. <gasps> Why? He's not my type. Interesting. I, I don't know. He has a really circular face, really round. And I don't like those features. <laughs> Also, the way he acts isn't, like... Because some people can be, like, questionable. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch, when I first saw him, I was like, yeah, this man's ugly. And then when I saw him act, I was like, damn, I can't stop thinking about how sexy he is. So, yeah, he was a double negative for me. You just said, like, four spicy hot takes in a row, and I am <laughs> blown away. Woo, I'm processing. Wow. Wow, Benedict Cumberbatch, also not attractive. That's a spicy hot take, girl. At first, at Ooh. first, when I saw him, I was like okay and and then i watched sherlock and i was like yeah exactly now this is all i see oh my god oh my god wow um no Dominic cooper i find so fucking attractive you need to see him in there's a great miniseries he did on a jane austen novel sense and sensibility that is on amazon prime mm. that is really fucking good and he plays a total cat in it and he's it's perfect casting and he's incredible at it and it's like yeah, no, I love Maybe him. I'll give him a second try, but yeah. I don't think costumes will make him any different to my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, he just has more material in that other series, so I think you'll appreciate oh. his acting more. That's true. There was, yeah, this acting role Mamma Mia was, like, a, a crumb. Yeah, they don't even introduce him for the first, like, 20 minutes or something. Like, and he's supposed to be the one That's getting married true. to the lead character, and he doesn't even get, like, the first 20 minutes of screen time. Like, yeah. Shit. They didn't give a shit about him. Um, but they were paying t too much for all the other actors. Uh, Where's the lie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> should we move on to Most Likely to Succeed? Yes. Okay, so I only have two nominations. More of, like, an honorable mention and then the clear winner. Honorable mention, Amanda Seyfried. Um, I feel like she's still very much a Hollywood starlet and still very much, like, a household name. She's still consistently doing projects very often. She was just in Mank, which was a big hit. Um, she's also now, like, a movie musical go-to person. Um, and, yeah, I just think that she still has a very successful career. And considering, like, her, really, with her breakout role in Mean Girls in 2003 to then, what, like, 17 years, 14 years later, she's still, like, a Hollywood name. Like, that's impressive for a young girl to still be famous 14 years into Hollywood. Like, go her. Mm. And then the clear winner for me is obviously, like, always goes to Meryl Streep. I mean, like, I feel like it would, I would be offending the world if I didn't give this award to Meryl Streep because who else is more famous than her, you know? I don't know. In that's, terms of, like, actors. No, that's, that's so true. And I have, I have half of yours. <laughs> um, 
I do have a mana Cypherin, so I'm gonna offend some people because, yes, Meryl Streep is killing the game, but I feel like, she, like she, like that's expected of her. Well, yeah, at this point, it's almost like her fame is almost beyond yeah. her. It's almost just like you hear the word Meryl, and you're like, well, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's Meryl. What else? But an- another yeah. one that I kept seeing, just like in TV shows, and also, um. She's in the new one, I think, Scandal. I don't. It's some one-worded TV show that has to do with like deception that is in like red and black colors. So it's it's like a handful of things that are on TV right now. Of course, yeah. I don't remember. Um, but the the actress that played Tanya, her name. Oh, Christine me. Baranski. Yes. Yes, she is. She. I still see her around, and I'm like, I can't say that about. I haven't really seen a uh, scar, scar guy, or I don't know, but scar guy. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm now just picturing Stellan Skarsgård in a scar costume from Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> the casting we never knew we needed, but now we do. Seriously, oh man, that'd be funny. Be prepared. Yeah, she cast him. Why not? Uh, um, but yeah, because I don't know. Meryl Streep is just like saying the the sky is blue. It's like, of course. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna put her, but um. I have, I have, I literally have her in every other category, so I was like, I gotta share the love. (laughs) I actually, I do agree with you. Christine Baranski is definitely an honorable mention for me, because she is still very consistently working. I mean, she's now, this is her second movie on the podcast that she's in, um, because I had her featured in the first episode with Birdcage, and now here she is again. So, like, you go, girl. And she's also married to the Grinch. I mean, who else can you say that about? That's, yeah. That's queen shit. <laughs> That's queen shit. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my god. Um. So yeah. Congratulations. Well. Yeah. So congratulations to all three of you. You ladies are are queens of cinema. Um. Should we move on to now? We move on to most iconic. And uh, do yes. you want to list off your most iconic first? You want me to go first? You go first. Okay. I. I. Is it? Yes. I don't understand. Maybe. I, is it people? Right. It can be literally anything. It's whatever. When you think of this okay, movie, good. that's what you... These are the things you think of. These are the things that stand okay, out. Okay, gotcha. So for me, I have a few things listed. I have the poster of, like, Amanda Seyfried, you know, and her little, yes. like, sorority squat and, like, the the, <laughs> the ocean behind her. I just think it's so iconic and, like, such a great... Because it looks similar to the musical advertising, but of course it like vamps it up for Hollywood. And I think it was just very well done. Whoever designed it, A plus, good for you. Um, The songs, of course. And like specifically the way the musical uses it. Like I, I have a spicy hot take that's like a question for you and also for our listeners that I'll get to later that kind of brings back like talking about the songs that I'm excited to get to. Um, but the songs are just obviously iconic and incredible. Um, the church on the hill, just that picture Mm. of, like, that gigantic hilltop and then that beautiful little church at the top, I think is so incredible and just, like, oh, if I could get married there instantly, you know? Um, I love- Do it. So the whole storyline with the fountain is so random and I always remember- Oh, I hate it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's so stupid. I don't know why they did that. But I love when it breaks through and in slow motion, you see Meryl Streep say, It's It's Aphrodite! And I find that part (laughs) hilarious. Like, I'm on the floor laughing because it's so fucking stupid. 
And I, it is ridiculous. It's just, it, it is so iconic for me. It's one of those moments in the movie where I'm like, ah, yes, and now it's bad. Um, <laughs> the gay storyline also, one, so forced, and two, so iconic. Because that was officially when everybody was like, oh, Colin Firth is now only going to play gay characters. And magically, that's literally all he started to do in his career, was play gay characters. <laughs> literally, a movie where he plays a gay character in a relationship with Stanley Tucci is about to come out, like, next month. It's, like, oh all, all he does now. And I just find it weird, because, like, it's so forced, it's so unnecessary in in the structure of this musical, and I don't know why they did it. And I, but Spicy Hate don't like it. I just think that it's, like, why? Like, I don't mm. mind a gay character in the movie, obviously. But, like, why would we force that into it, you know? Like, what is that? It feels like it's trying to prove something, or it's trying to, like, cater to who they think is going to the theater to watch it. Yeah, it and does it's definitely cater. Yeah, um, also, Colin Firth geez, is yeah. not a gay actor, so it's just kind of one of those things, again, where it's like... Whoa! Straight people playing gay characters? That's... That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sarcasm. <laughs> I love the sarcasm. And I just... I, I hate... It so much. Yeah, I hate it too. Not sarcasm, I'm sorry. The gay... The, yeah. the straight <laughs> actors playing gay characters. Yeah, it's just like, not... It's not great. And I wish that they would stop doing that, and they're still doing it. Because Colin Firth's about to play another gay character. Also Stanley Tucci, who's also not gay. They're both about to play gay characters in this movie. And I'm just like, neither of you are gay. Like, ugh. Make it make sense. But I do have... that. It does give me hope for one thing. One thing only. I agree. It's like kind of like, oh, okay, that's a random thing to put in there. Thanks, I guess. But they need, they don't need to, but it's a great way to make a Mamma Mia 3 to give them an actual storyline and not just have it be like a coin toss and be like, hey, look at that. Cool trick, huh? That's just for me because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, pitch right now to the company to make a Mamma Mia 3. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, why not? Oh, uh, we'll get to that when we get to remake. Oh, 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 all right. We'll talk about, we'll talk, we'll talk. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't like that it's so forced. I also think, you know, it bothers, it also just bothers me in like, you know, you see in this movie when he comes out in front of the whole crowd in the church, you see a man do the cross symbol you know, on his mm-hmm. chest. And it's that kind of, like, su- it's that microaggression homophobia that also really bothers me. Because hmm. I'm just like, can we stop associating a character coming out as gay with homophobia in, like, every movie? Like, every time a character comes out as gay in a movie, there's always a moment of homophobia where somebody's like, ay Dios right. mio. Like, there's always a moment, and it pisses me the fuck fuck off because i'm like why the fuck are we still doing this why do we still think that's a punchline and i'm tired of it people like, gotta get more creative it just that's stupid they just like need somebody to tell them like slap them across the face and be like shut the fuck up like oh it's so frustrating yeah, coming out shouldn't be a punchline exactly it's not a fucking punchline oh my god it makes me so mad um so yeah i just this it's funny i like this is supposed to be most iconic but it's iconic for me because every time those (laughs) parts in this movie happen i'm always cringe internally because i'm just like ooh, i was just reminded that they don't like gay people cool um 
Also, oh, say, so continuing most iconic. I also have the men, like the boys climbing up the walls and like jumping down to go join the girls for um, like the stag night, you know? I just, Mm -hmm. I always used to get so hype at that part and I got hype again when I watched it in this because I was like, it's so like creepy and carnal and territorial and I was like, that's sexy as fuck and I really like it. Um, the beaches and the ocean, just, like, the whole setting of this movie and the whole, like, Grecian aspect of it is just, like, gorgeous. Also, then leading into most iconic is, for me, this is the most iconic Grease movie. Some probably would argue that Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is more Grease than this movie. But for me, this movie is, like, very, very on point. And also, I'm part Greek, so it's, like, mm. my mom loves to say that this movie is just, like, very Greek and that my Greek grandmother <laughs> loved this movie as well because, and Aww. she she was even saying today, my grandmother loved this movie. And she's saying, I think it's because of the Greece angle of it, which this movie barely has, like, barely covers the Grecian angle and just kind of weirdly assumes that because they're Greek, they're also, like, Greek gods. At the very end of the movie, they're just like, let's make them Greek gods in the <laughs> sequence. No, it was definitely used as, like, a like furniture rather than like actually in the story or in the plot because they have the Greek chorus and it's like okay they're there and we have Aphrodite we have everyone we need okay let's go yes it's like no (laughs) yeah I was like there's more to Grecian culture than that guys like what (laughs) it's very like the white person interpretation of Greece ah exactly yeah so I was like okay but that's why it's iconic for me because I'm like yeah of course they would do that um, and then the last thing I wrote was Amanda Seyfried and Meryl Streep in this movie. I think, uh, just, like, are amazing in this movie. And I think they do a great job carrying it, like, equally. I think they both do an amazing job. I was actually watching it this time. I was genuinely really impressed with Amanda Seyfried's work. I was like, wait, she's really fucking good in this. Like, this is true. As she much- plays young very well. So young, like, so well. And even though I hate her character, I'm also like, <laughs> she's knocking this out of the park like she's great chemistry with literally everyone i'm really on this journey with her and to do a movie like this with someone like meryl streep who's the big ticket for everybody to go see this movie and to be up to par with her at such a young age Mm, that's true that would be intimidating as fuck exactly and i was genuinely proud of her i think she pulls it off really fucking well and the two of them together, like, the way that they have chemistry with literally everyone on screen and the chemistry they have between each other, like, slipping through my fingers makes me weep every single time and it got me today. I have to skip it. Wait, really? Because it makes you so emotional? Yes. Yeah. See, I are, I'm already, like, tearing up at, like, our last summer, mm. um, all, all these random ass songs. So when that song comes on, I'm gonna be thrown into a tantrum. So I cannot, <sighs> like, not a tantrum, but, like, too much emotion. I get that. It was the one song in this movie I wrote zero notes during it because I was just like enraptured mm. by it. It is so well done. The song is beautiful and then just watching their relationship it makes I I cried. I really miss my mom right yeah. now. I really miss my mom. Um mm. but yeah, so those are my most iconic. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so do you want to go ahead and share your most iconic? Yes. Um, I have to preface this by saying Mamma Mia for me has always been like a vibe. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I like when I watch it, legitimately, my it's not that my brain just turns off. It's just I turn into this docile person and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, whatever I'm watching, this is this is this is it. This is a mood. This is a vibe. This is no structure. I'm, I'm just watching the best thing ever. <laughs> 
Um, so the most iconic thing that comes to my mind is the numbers Dancing Queen mm-hmm. and The Winner Takes It All. Not the best, to me, that's not the best song. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, everything that happens in the, in that sequence. Uh, for Dancing Queen, just, like, the feminine power empowerment that comes through that and just the audacity to be ridiculous. Love that. And Winner Takes It All. Um, just the freaking red scarf and yes. how it, like, just drifts as she's trying her best to <laughs> pelt out the songs. I-, I have to speak my truth. I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not saying that because I think I'm better. I know my place, but um, yeah, as she's singing the winner takes it all with that God, I just love that. And literally it's also the funniest scene. Not the funniest, but one of the funniest scenes, funnier scenes, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Because he's literally trying to talk to her and she's like, I don't want to talk. And he's like, no, please, let me say this one thing. But no, she goes off and runs up to the, <laughs> the freaking church. That didn't have to happen if she just listened. So <laughs> I ugh, I love it. This whole movie is based off of um, the fact that weddings are shams and no one listens to anyone. And that's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love that last line. Wow. <laughs> or not that people don't listen. People just don't communicate. Like, if everyone was honest in this movie, it wouldn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that's a lot of things, isn't it? I guess that's like... Wow. It's too much <laughs> to ask of people to communicate and be honest. What are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> uh, do you have any other most iconic? Or was that, like, your thesis? I mean, listen, I think the whole movie's iconic, but I can't say I can't say that because No, I get that. I've basically said that about it. other movies. Also, I totally agree with you, Dancing Queen and The Winner Takes It All are the most iconic songs in this movie. Um, they're the most iconic numbers. And yes, that red scarf, like perfect costume designing. A plus, whoever did that. That was genius. Genius. Um, should we move on to best dressed? Yes. Okay, so I have a couple of nominations. I have the honorable mention is Donna and the Dynamos. Mm -hmm. All of their costumes, including the credit sequence. But then my clear winner is Sophie. Between, like, the casual clothes that she wears, between the one-piece bathing suit that she wears, between... My fa- one of my favorite costumes of all time, the, like, disco costume that she wears in the mm-hmm. credit sequence. I need to own that costume. I've wanted that costume my entire life. I'm still dreaming of the day I get to wear something like that. Is that cool? I fucking love that costume so goddamn much. And so everything she wears in this movie, including her wedding dress, I think is, like, gorgeous. And that was a really cute dress. Yeah, and it just fits her so perfectly, and she... Yeah, I feel like she just radiates in everything that she wears, and it looks good on her, so... That is a true sentence. She does actually radiate in everything that she wears. That is... I I felt that. That struck a chord in my soul. Um, Yeah. Do you have any nominations? Uh, This is a hot take, but... I I do agree. Like, Sophie... Sophie is... I love her costumes and also like the ending costumes. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking in terms of characters, but like, so in my heart of hearts, the answer is the end credits uh, costumes. Mm -hmm. But the only person that stood out to me, because I'm sorry, this is not an apology to you. This is an apology to the costume designer. Everyone else kind of looked like the equivalent of that Greek 
50 cent coffee cup to me. It was just like, okay, these people are obviously living on Greece. The only person that stood out in my eye was Tanya. Yes. I guess because she had the most iconic. And purposefully, yeah. Yeah, she was the most, like, different dressing. I don't think that she was the best. She was, she had really great costumes, but she was, to me, this stood out. Because everyone else, like I said, Greek cup coffee. <laughs> well, <laughs> But it's good coffee. That's hilarious. Like, what a, <laughs> what an image. I do love, I think one of the most iconic costumes in the movie is her red uh, yep. bathing suit that she wears with the scarf That's what I was like, tied about. around her skirt. Like, it's that, amazing. it's amazing. Yeah. It's really, that is, that, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I agree with that. I'm totally down for that as, like, honorable mention tied for first. That's good. That's a good option. And I like that they purposely make her stand out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now moving on to best quote, uh, I have a few. Uh, do you want me to start and then we'll just go back and forth? Sure, yeah. Okay. So my first one is when Sophie's reading the diary that she should not be reading. And she says, like, we went to the peach and dot, dot, dot. And her friends are like, dot, dot, dot. And she goes, that's what they did in the olden days. <laughs> I... Oh, oh, I died. I had to pause the movie and laugh for like 30 seconds. I was like, wow. Okay, here we go. Here we are. <laughs> uh, what's your first one? Um, For some reason, I, I just forgot I had, I wasn't doing them in order, but I'll, I'll go. F- yes, this one's in the most chronologically correct. <laughs> um, When she says, when I meet my dad, everything will fall into place. And I was like, dude <laughs> i i resonate with that because i'm like when i do this one thing my life will be better but i, I know you're you're not going to agree with this but when she says when i meet my dad everything will fall into place uh she was talking about mamma mia too oh um, god <laughs> that movie we'll get to that because without this movie there would be no mamma mia too and, and so i was like you know what better? you're right maybe that would have been better no, um, oh, as I think it's because we'll talk about it. I know later, but I I see myself as Donna because I've lived I've lived oh. a similar experience to her in not the extreme extreme way, but we can continue. I was about to be like Madison. <laughs> I no. I also wrote, I actually was going to ask you this later, like who you considered, because I also wrote myself, I consider myself a Donna in my everyday life. I feel like most of us oh, like, well, aspire to be Donna. To give you a little trailer, um, in 2018, I took a solo trip to Paris, uh-huh. and that's when I got my first kiss, actually. Aww. And I met three different guys. I shit you not. I didn't even think about this, but I met three different guys, Argentina, from England, and from... Oh, shit. And then from Paris. Uh-huh. It was wild, but... Um, but yes, I was like, Shh, what is this Mamma Mia shite that's going on am i manifesting (laughs) (laughs) oh my god madison wow you really were donna (laughs) and i wish i can go back but i can't because fuck covid yep fuck covid um my next one oh this one i love i just love the way that that meryl streep was on like drugs when she made this movie because (laughs) 
some of her acting choice in this choices in this are just so strong and so weird. Mm. Like this is one of the weirdest acting performances she's ever given. Do you really think it's weird? I thought, oh, I thought she was so like relaxed, like her whole body, like I don't know. Con- go, See, I find her to be like super neurotic and just like so yeah. antsy. I was like, she mm-hmm. looks like she's on Adderall. Like, what is happening? <sighs> Um, and when she sees her friends coming off the boat and she goes, well, you look at what the tide washed in. And she's just like, goes full at it. I was like, oh my God, like Meryl, you've been in this movie for like 30 seconds. What just happened? Oh man. Dude, I could study that scene alone, that one moment forever. I'm like, she clearly acting, but it seems like I just accidentally watched somebody like pick up their friends at the airport like yeah that's something that my mom would do i'm like what the heck it's so so realistic but i agree it's very looking at it that way it does seem like yeah i i think maybe it's just because i've seen so much of her other work it's hard to see her be so normal in this movie actually this movie Mm. reminded me a lot have you ever seen the rom-com it's complicated no i don't like (laughs) rom-coms whoops then why do you like this movie because it's ABBA. <laughs> well, like, I don't like rom-coms that are predictable. This one has ABBA in it, so, like, that writes every sin. But that's just me, and I know that's not for everyone. I admit my wrongs. I would suggest... I would check out It's Complicated. I really like it. I think it's fun. And it's very similar. Her work that she did in this movie, very similar to It's Complicated. Like, the characters are very similar. You're selling me on this. Yeah, I I, I think you would actually like it. And I don't find it too predictable. So I think you might like it. Um, And again, it's very, like, very sex-heavy and very, like, sexual-oriented. So I feel like... (laughs) If you like this, you'll probably like It's Complicated. But very similar characters, very similar approach. So uh, a lot of the time when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, I see how she did, like, It's Complicated and this movie. Like, I can Mm. see that in her career trajectory. Um, But yeah, I just love the way she says that, man. It's just, like, fucking crazy. Um, What's your next quote? Well, mine's um, actually, like, the moment after that. uh, When Sky meets Tanya, and he's like, oh, I heard so much about you. And Tanya says all bad I hope and then Meryl says and all true I just love that sequence it's like it's all bad I hope it's like (laughs) the perfect response like if I could pull that out in real life like that quick banter I can sometimes do it but like that just made me go ah I'm writing this down and using it. The banter in this movie is amazing that's like almost all of my best quotes is just Mm -hmm. the it's the little one-liners where you're like was that improv? Was that written? Like, how... That's... It's great. It's inspired. It's inspiring. Um, My next one is also... Like, this is very scripted, but I love this moment. When the Don and the Dynamos are, are, like, getting together, you know? Like, at that first meeting. And they go, sleep all day and whoopoo all night. Yes. I should have... Iconic. Iconic. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it is definitely one of the most iconic for me in the movie. Also, I love the other girls intro when they're like, I'm tough, I'm tall, I'm tiny, and we're gonna rock this place. I always (laughs) love that. And I always wanted two best friends to do that with. And I always wanted to be the tiny one, but I'm... I'm 5'8", and I'm not tiny, so I have to be probably, uh, hopefully tough, but most likely tall. But hey, maybe if you go to, like, a Scandinavian place, those people are really tall, so... Oh, okay, Don't lose hope. (laughs) You're just in the wrong place, you know? I want to be petite. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, dreams. Um, (laughs) what's your next quote? Uh, oh yeah, it's when... They're still in the, they're getting out of the car, and Donna says, if she's like me, she wouldn't be married. 
Um, I love all these quotes about not wanting to get married or how Donna doesn't want to get her to get married because all these other movies, rom-com especially, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we gotta get married, gotta get married, and this is like, and you have those characters, but this one is, <laughs> it's so, it's more in your face, I feel like, it's like, this definitely... I keep saying it's like, <laughs> I, I get that. I'm error. Do you find I I get that actually I totally support that this is the only movie I can think of where the mom doesn't want her daughter to get married, mm. and I I think that's great I like the the like breaking that stereotype down um I also feel like that's a more realistic approach to certain moms like I feel like that would be my mom if she was worried about who I was marrying I think she would be mm. the person who would be pretty vocal about being like hey you like don't want to do that like <laughs> oh really I I wish I mean. I know my parents are fine, but where I'm from, it's like, if you're not married by 25, you something is wrong with you. And I'm like, oh dude, that's that's not a, a thing. Please no, stop. No, my mom, since I was like early teenager, like 10, 11 years old, would say that she thought I would probably never get married and would just be in a long-term relationship with some guy who was older than me and probably was like a director or producer or something like that. Like she was always very Ooh. much like you're just going to have like a fun life. I think would always kind of just be like the 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 gist of it, which I find funny. I can't have fun while being married, but like <laughs> my mom was always like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be easier for you, you know." And then here we are. Now I have a very serious boyfriend and yeah, like hey, good for you, man. Yeah, so it's all it it worked out in my favor no matter what. Um Okay, so, yes, banter. Oh, and then, so my next quote uh, is also, a, is a Tanya quote, because God love this woman. Yes. When she, when they're talking about all of, like, the formulas and things that she takes, all the whatever, and she goes, that's the price you have to pay to drink before 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, and they all start laughing and clinking their, uh, yeah, and their, their glasses. wine glasses. I was like, wow, can you even, like, even I don't drink before 11 a.m. These women are really, they're beating me at my own game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, love them. Uh, What's your next quote? This is actually right before that moment. It's uh, when Rosie finds Tanya's underwear and (laughs) she goes, does she wear it or floss with it? Talking about a thong. So I gross. actually didn't pay attention to most of the dialogue before because you you told me to write down quotes and I'm like, okay, now I have to like actually listen to what they're saying. Mm. And I've always, you know, laughed along with them. But now I'm like writing the when I was writing them down, I'm like, this is this is really good. I like yeah, this. this like this movie is full of zingers where I was like, wow, this is why I like doing the podcast, because sometimes all of a sudden mm. I'll notice these things. It was the same thing when I did the Princess Diaries episode. All of a sudden I was like, this is one of the best movie scripts I've ever heard. Like, this movie is really fucking well-written, and I was shocked because I never appreciated it that much, and now I'm like, everybody needs to understand how good this is. So this movie, too. This movie actually is very well-written. Um, this next one is a Bill line when Harry is concerned about them staying in this, like, old shed, this old little hen house, and Bill just goes, it's an adventure, Harry. It'll be good for you. <laughs> and I love how friendly they are with each other immediately, you know, and how that they're just true. like they are very best buddy buddy. Yeah, and I love it. It's so good, which will lead to a spicy hot take later that I'm so excited to talk about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's for that is mine. And then what's your next one? Uh, I just it's honestly right after that moment is anytime that Harry says I'm spontaneous, it makes me laugh <laughs> out loud. I'm like ah, 
Clearly not, sir. <laughs> but I do like, I mean, he did say that he followed her from Paris all the way to Greece, which I was like, Oh no, like in actually, his past, yeah. In his yeah. past, yeah, but not anymore, for sure. Um, My next one is, man, this one, I was just like, ooh, wow, Donna, she's just like tearing herself apart. When she's talking about how, like, she can't believe, you know, she's done this, like, sleeping with the three men, and that, like, she doesn't know who the father is, and she said, because I was a stupid, reckless little slut. And I was like, whoa! Uh, Wow, okay. Like, that is, wow, she's, she's going off the deep end, ladies. I feel, I was so concerned for her. I was like, somebody take care of her, please. She deserves better. Yeah, no negative self-talk. Donna! Seriously, we can only be self-deprecating in the privacy of our own homes. <laughs> Don't do it in front of friends. Oh, God. Any- <laughs> what, uh, what is your next quote? Um, I never heard this one before, but it's after she realizes, or like after that whole pity party thing. Actually, I don't even know. I'm thinking of, but it's Donna. Anyway, she's, she's walking away with her with her duo i bet i know exactly the the one you're about to say i think is my next one too i'm so excited i thought that you were gonna say it this time and i was like oh yeah and so let's see she says i won't be muzzled out by an ejaculation yes that was it (laughs) who comes up with this stuff i love it i just that is that line is insane i was like wait what did she just say so good like who the fuck would say that in real life oh man no, that would be, like, a super... I would want to be their friend. If I heard someone say that at a coffee shop, I would turn around and be like, wow. It reminds me of, like, the John Mulaney meme of, like, hey, what kind of person are you? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's when you yes. turn around and say that. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Well, that was going to be my next one, but now I'll move on to my next, next one. So then my next one is soon after that when they're getting out of the costumes... And Rosie just screams, what do you suggest we do with three men? Mm, and Tiny mm-hmm. goes, well then, now that takes me back. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. they're they're my role models. Like, seriously, they're hilarious. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, God, I love them. Um, okay, what's your next one? Um, oh, yeah, this is something that would probably never happen in real life. But, you know, Sophie just says anything that doesn't make sense or it makes sense but it's just like okay Sophie (laughs) when she's in front of the church and she's her mom's like I don't know who the dad is and she goes I don't care if you slip with hundreds of men and I'm like dude (laughs) dude all right and the whole church is like (laughs) well see for me my next quote is specifically when when Donna goes and I haven't slept with hundreds of men Yes. I love that part so much. I was like, oh, girl, you poor soul, man. You just got put on the spot in church. In church, of all places. On a small island, everyone knows. <laughs> what's your What's your next one? Uh, this is my last one because my other quote was, it's Aphrodite. Yeah. So we already said that. Classic. But my last one is, um, it's... Oh, yeah, when the dads are like, it's great to have even a third of Sophie. I'm yeah. like, that's cute. I actually really I like that, that too. It's really cute. And I love that Harry specifically is the one that starts it because he does some really cute things mm-hmm. in this movie where I'm like, Harry is definitely yeah. like the the dad like I would probably want at the end of the day because he's definitely like the <gasps> most. Yes, me too. Yeah, out of the three, I think I would pick Harry as the dad because he's just so sweet. He's so kind. And I love that moment. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good one. Um, my last one is when, again, a moment where I think Meryl is on drugs. When I, <laughs> during, they finished Dancing Queen, the re- the reprise of it at the end of the movie. And then she oh, goes, yes. do you want another one? Do you want another one? And she's just like, I, I watched that moment. I'm like, Meryl, are you okay? <laughs> Dude. I'm so concerned. Like, why is she acting like that? <laughs> why? I don't know. It's, to my mind, it's just like, she's so free. Like, look at her. She's, dude, she gives zero fucks. And I, I but I see, but I see, like, like, that moment doesn't make me think of Dada. I feel like that's like a Meryl moment. And I'm like, Meryl, is that what you're really like in real life? I don't know. It's just fun. I don't know why it happens. But man, well, you it saw gets those, me. like, party, the, the after party photos, right? What after party photos of this movie? Oh, of, yes, of this movie. It's there's like two that goes around a lot. They sometimes like rotate rotate on Twitter a lot. It's like, man, I wish I was in the after party for Mamma Mia. And these people look like they are not high out of their minds, but they definitely look like they're on substances and they're doing obviously karaoke. And it oh just God. looks like so much fun. If you have a chance to look at those pictures. Oh, I did what write. I did write that as a note for this movie. I was like, this movie seems like really fun to have mm. sh- to have been a part of. I think this this must have been a good time on set because everybody looks like they're having the time of their lives. Oh, yeah. The yeah, I just had to sneak that in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yay, best quotes. Woot woot, we did woot, it. Woot. Uh uh uh, yeah. Okay, so now we move into most likely to break out into song, which was, this one was hard because everybody breaks out into song uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, musical theater. So to narrow it down, I wrote down just like three top options and I honestly have no idea who this should go to. Uh, so I wrote Sophie, Donna, and Sam mm. because each of them are the ones who like just random, like everybody breaks down into songs. So it was really hard to like figure out who I thought most did it. But I narrowed it down to the three of them because they all have, like, the most amount of songs in the movie, I think. So I was like, let's just, like, narrow it down to there. I think if I had to pick one, I would probably say Sophie because I feel Mm. like she just has, like, song after song after song after song in this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know who to give it to. I also want to, like, honorable mention, um, Rosie for doing, um, (laughs) When You're All Alone. Which actually she does a very good acapella version of that song. Yes, I agree. Impressive. I can back up. Yeah. So, do you have any nominations? Do you have a winner in your head? Uh, I just based it off of the one that I was surprised at when they started singing. Because, like, I agree. Like, musicals, like, you can't really... <laughs> this one is kind of like, whoa! Because um, all of them do break mm-hmm. out in the song. Well, the top the top <laughs> characters. Uh, but the one that I was always like, oh, okay, we're singing now, is Donna. Like, when she goes mm-hmm. into money, 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 I was like, okay, we're here now. Um, or the winner takes it all. That the one that cracks me up. I'm like, dude, why are you singing? <laughs> so I have to give my little award to her. Okay, I dig that. Donna, congratulations. Now mm. we move on to best song. Which here we go. So I'm gonna list off the song list first. That's just for those of you listening. It this is not the full musical list of songs. This is just the songs performed in the movie. Yes. Um, shame on them for taking out Under Attack, but I rest <gasps> my case. Wait, oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up, because Under Attack is actually, like, my favorite from the musical. I love that number so much. It is my dream to do that number. 
Yeah, it's a bot man. Also, Gosh. with the the way that they set up this movie, that song makes so much sense to have done in this because the nightmare sequence would have been epic. Mm-hmm. Like I movie can't... magic, man. Movie fucking magic. And there are, I will say, there are a few songs in this movie they definitely didn't have to do that they could have put in under attack. And Ooh, I will bring those right. up. So let me read off the list of songs. So we have Honey Honey, Money Money Money, which I find hilarious. They're back to back. We have Mamma Mia. We have Chiquitita. We have Dancing Queen. We have Our Last Summer. We have Lay All Your Love on Me. We have Super Trooper, Gimme Gimme Gimme, Voulez-vous, SOS, Does Your Mother Know, Slipping Through My Fingers, The Winner Takes It All, I Do, I Do, I Do. When all is said and done, take a chance on me. I have a dream. Waterloo. And thank you for the music to end the credits. Um, which I want to shout out. Thank you for the music really quick because that song literally changed my life. So as I was mentioning earlier, like when I saw it, this was the first stage musical that I ever saw. It was a huge fucking deal. And out of all the songs in the show, the one that I most related to was Thank You for the Music, and it became, like, my personal anthem, and that song still Mm. gets me very emotional when I listen to it, because I feel like if there's, like, a song that's, like, about me, it's that song. And you are the girl with the golden hair. Thank you. I try. (laughs) And I, I just love that song so much, and it became a huge part of my identity, and still very much is. And, um... Yeah, I just really love that song, and I was so happy they put it in the credits. And also, Amanda Seyfried sounds amazing on it with just the piano. It actually, it's a beautiful rendition of it. So, yeah, I just love that song, and I was glad they snuck it in there. But, um, I have a few honorable mentions, but then I think, like, an obvious winner. So, for me personally, my favorite number in the whole movie is Chiquitita. I look, I really should have put it under most Mm. iconic. I look forward to that number every time I watch this movie. It is my all-time favorite. I find it fucking hilarious. Like, I find that to be the funniest part (laughs) in the movie. The three of them together. It's so good. I, I look forward to it every time I watch this movie. And it was a blast this time around, too. Um, and then other honorable mentions. Um, Dancing Queen. Uh, The Winner Takes It All. Um... The whole, like, gimme, gimme, gimme and voulez-vous sequence all put together, I think, counts as, like, one big thing. And then slipping through my fingers. Um, Also kind of take a chance on me, but I'm also find that song a little, like, just kind of thrown in there, shoved in there. Um, But for me, I think the clear winner is Dancing Queen. Uh, I think it's the most iconic part in the movie. I think the way that they... Set it, set it up, like, leading into the song, I think is great. Uh, I love how all of the women, like, get this big moment in the movie. I love the pianist on the boat. Like, the whole thing is just incredible. And the dancing, too, like, literally all of it is, like, A++++++. Um, do you have any nominations? Do you have your clear winner? I do. Oh, there is no clear winner. I, for me, like, listen, I I have the CD, um, the ABBA CD in Spanish and English in my car, and I blast that all the time. I can't. It's like asking who, oh my gosh, yeah, they're super, like, they charted in the Spanish, um, the Spanish charts, and it sounds just as, it's so, it's so, it's spicy. I love it. Um, I'm not spicy. It spices things up when you're used to the same lyrics all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, so it's like asking me, who's your favorite child? I don't have one. But for this movie, um, 
the one that makes me my heart go up the most i do agree dancing queen by far the most iconic but um i'll tell you what it is and i'll explain why super trooper Mm. because it's so the way that amanda plays like the anticipation she's like oh my gosh i can't believe my this is my mom this is her in her like heyday something that just strikes me and then the way that they come out and it's like yes this is my this is what we used to do like this is who we are once upon a time and then like the the, the fathers come over and, the, and then while they're performing they have this whole like it's just an acting they're juggling while they're singing with all the different plot points going on in that one song but it's like so small at the same time those things but just watching it i was like wow this is pretty cool i i don't know it's just it hits my little heart and every time i i watch it i'm like i want to do this i want to when my something gets married my dog my daughter i want to perform at the bachelor party (laughs) something from my youth i think that would be a lot of fun i so I really dig your answer. This was the first time that I liked the song Super Trooper in this musical, <laughs> like watching it this last time. Usually I find it just too boring and it slows down the movie to a crawl and it- Really? Wow. I used to see it as that. It used to bother me. But then watching it this time and really paying attention to the lyrics of the song. Hmm. Also, when Donna winked at Sophie, I burst into tears because I yes. really missed my ball. <laughs> Aww. really miss my mom and I was just like oh fuck man that yeah, connections ooh. man Ugh. yeah and it's just like I totally agree with you like watching Sophie get so excited about watching her mom do this is so beautiful and then seeing the three of them just like having such a good time leading like have performing this group I also love that they call it um oh how do they phrase girl power band mm-hmm. I love that that's <laughs> what they call themselves I was like wait that is so cute And then I also like watching the guys show up and watch her and being all so attracted to her. And she's just like still having to perform just like, I hate all of you. And it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I actually totally, I, I, I feel that. I feel like super, okay, I want to tie Dancing Queen and Super Trooper because I, I agree with your argument, but I can't give up Dancing Queen. Oh no, don't give it up. You can have, why not both? (laughs) Yeah. Porque no los dos. Oh man, so good. Yeah. Okay. I totally see. Yeah. Super Trooper. Yuko, Super Trooper. Uh, now moving into Best All Around, I have many nominations because I just love so many people in this movie, so I'm just going to list them off. I have Donna, Bill, Harry, Rosie, and Tanya, which actually Rosie mm. and Tanya I kind of want to put together as like of Best course. All Around because you have to have both of them, and those are like the two greatest best friends I can even imagine. Um, yeah, those, all of those. Do you have any um, nominations? Uh, yeah. Mine is Donna, because as I see this movie, it's Donna's world. We're all living in it. We're just all living in it. Like, anything that she does, I'm like, that's what I want to be like. If I could be... Listen, I also love those people that you that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I just thought I had to pick one person. No, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, yes. Preferably but, one. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but when I think about it, I'm like, the person I'm most excited to watch when I watch these movies is Donna. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just everything. And that's who I want to be in life. I said that already, but, like, the fact that she just does what she wants, ugh, love it. Best songs, best life. <laughs> yes. All goes to Donna for me. I agree. And honestly, she's, like, my clear winner because she carries the movie so well. You really feel for her. You want her to succeed. You want her mm-hmm. to be happy. 
she, yeah, she's the best all around. Uh, all right, before we go into I Have Some Notes, quick curveball. Did you have a crush on any of these people when you first watched it? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I have a very specific type, and I will have to be honest, it sounds very shallow, because it is, um, but I like men with accents. Uh, oh, yes. So I'm not surprised. I can't really get into that, but if I had to choose anyone, it would definitely be Harry, because he is so soft, and he is so, like, gentle with his words and kind of like not quirky quirky has been thrown around a lot recently he's he's um (sighs) neurotic i don't i i see he's i I find him very calm like uh i just feel safe with him i don't feel safe with anybody else and that's what it it really comes down to like Mm -hmm. when he goes into our last summer tears not actual tears but i do like well up and i have to like breathe because i'm like <laughs> oh man like he was young once and like had this spontaneous love affair with donna and it's like ah, oh, that's the man i wanted he does do a really good job with this song with that song um mm-hmm. i that was also one of the songs i never really used to like until seeing the movie and then i was like oh that's mm-hmm. a good number like that really sets the right. tone really well for their past um for me it's a tie between sophie and sky um, I just find Dominic Cooper very attractive. And then Amanda Seyfried also is fucking gorgeous, man. And she... She is. She's funny as shit when she does comedy. Like, literally, Mean Girls, her as Karen is just, like, my, like, like goal. Like, she's hilarious. And she's also just fucking beautiful. Like, what? Yeah, I love her. Yeah, there's no denying that. I have a crush on, like, every time she's in a movie. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Amanda Seyfried, man. So, yeah, it's a tie between the two of them. Um, Definitely when I was a kid, I was more aware of my crush for Dominic Cooper. And now as I'm older, I'm like, hey, Amanda. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's move into I Have Some Notes. So, for those of you keeping track at home, I wrote seven pages, which I was surprised. Pretty tame for me. Really? Oh, yeah. This is only like half of what I usually write. So I was shocked for a movie musical. I only wrote seven, but I, I feel like I was paying so much attention to the numbers and to the movie. I just didn't have as much to write about because I was like just watching. Also, I feel like I had so many thoughts that I needed to just like vent about Sophie. I couldn't write it down mm. while I was watching. I was like, I'm just going to need to give myself a mini monologue during the episode, which I did. Woohoo! <laughs> So you want Yay. me to, do you want me to go ahead and start with my, I have some notes? I have some notes. Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So let's see. Um, do any of, do Sophie or, or her mom or, or, or Sky or any of those, um, uh, like white North people, do they, any of them know Greek? Like they live in Greece. They have all these Greek I people working for them. I thought one of them did. But none or of they them said like one thing in Greece. Literally, like almost none of them speak it though. The entire movie. Oh no! You know who speaks Greek is Rosie. She says Greek. Oh, at one that's point. right. She like che- toasts <laughs> with the the drink that she's handed on the boat. But she's and she doesn't even live there. So like I don't understand why nobody else says Greek in the rest of the movie. And I it was a little like one of those things where I was just like ah white people just like not <laughs> learning the native language classic. Um. What's my next one? The, the, why did they add the fountain storyline? It makes no sense. It's so unnecessary. (laughs) That's my second one too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like why? And it, rewatching it, there's literally never a reason why that's necessary. And it's just annoying. It's kind of annoying. Um, 
Okay, I didn't notice this until this time watching this, which maybe makes me dumb, but I don't care. I died of laughter in the middle of the movie when all of a sudden I was like, wait, they're a Greek chorus. <laughs> wait, Lauren, I Lauren. Know, I know. It took you. I don't I've even have to watch- say anything. You already know. I've been watching this movie for 13 years and I never put that together. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know why I never thought of that. But man, am I happy I know now because it's fucking funny. It's like dumb. It's dumb as shit. But It I, is dumb as shit. I find it funny now. Oh man, funny. Um, whoo, okay. Just had to get that off my chest. Everybody's screaming at me right now. Um, okay. Now I move on to, so, um, this movie almost made me add a new category to the podcast, which I'm still contemplating mm. whether to add or not. What is it? The Ooh. the new superlative I'm thinking about adding as the best in bed superlative. Because <laughs> my assumption is Meryl Streep's character, like, as, like, as Donna, she must be the best sex that all of these people have ever had. Because why would these men come to this island after 20 years of only having, like, a one-night stand or a one-week stand with her? Why would they come all this way to see her after 20 years? Like, she must be really fucking good in bed. Or, like, they thought that she had... For me, it's always been about, or seeing it through, like, the eyes of uh, seeing her as... And they they mentioned this, too, during, uh, I guess, the Super Trooper part... Or just how, like, she's an amazing person. Like, maybe they had a really deep connection. But I never thought about the the sex part. Because that's true. But what about Tanya? Oh, if she would... I feel like Tanya... She just definitely kept it up more than Meryl has. Or more than Donna has, obviously. Because she's, like, <laughs> but my super, ass- like... But my assumption is, is that Donna is more giving in bed than Tanya. I feel like Tanya takes a lot, but I don't know how much she mm. gives. You know? Hmm. Things I never even had, I never was on my chart to think about, but <laughs> here we are. Wow. That's what this podcast right. is for. <laughs> opening no, opening is barriers. <laughs> expanding the mind. <laughs> Intellectual conversation, you know? So best in bed. So, <laughs> yeah, I... I feel like it has to go to Donna. I feel like these three men... What else would inspire three men to go see a woman they haven't seen in 20 years, you know? Like, they only knew her... They each only probably knew her for, yeah, like, a week or so. So, like, how... Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I'm also kind of young, and and now that I've already, like, met my forever person, I feel like I can't relate to the idea of, like, only knowing for someone for a week and then thinking 20 years later, like, maybe they're the one that got away. Like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I cannot relate to that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so I don't know. I just assume the sex must have been good. Also, the way that she kisses in the movie is so carnal and aggressive. I was like, yeah, she looks like she looks like she must have been really good in bed. Yeah. Well, also that kiss probably was like the first one in how many years? Exactly. So she's just giving it all she has, and I'm like, you yeah. go, Donna. You get it in. You know. I'm happy for her. Um, what's next? Uh, this movie is, uh, like, the perfect breakup movie. Like, if you have just ended things with Mm. a partner, this is a movie to watch. Because I feel like it is so entertaining and just, like, reminds you of how happy life can be when, like, things actually work out. 
And the movie talks about heartbreak enough to be able to, like, get your pain out, you know, but also kind of give you hope. Yeah. So, I feel like this is, like, the perfect breakup movie. Um, I like that. I've already mentioned this a few times, but this movie is so cute and it made me really emotional and I cried multiple times missing my mom. Uh, I love that Harry gives Donna the money for the wedding. I love that moment. Uh, I just think it's so cute how he just, like, leaps out of the boat right away to go do that. He's just like, I'm determined! And just, like, <laughs> spectacularly falls out of the out of the buoy. And, um, and I just think that's really, like, again, reasons I like his character. I just feel like he's, like, an adult, you know? Mm. And he mm-hmm. is making good, smart decisions, and I like it. Um... Okay, so there's a moment after the winner takes it all where we see Sophie sitting in her wedding dress well, outside of the church while those three little boys are, like, playing with rocks. And mm-hmm. I was, like, that whole, like, that image of her sitting looking very despondent and those three boys playing with a rock is a fucking meme. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is that not a meme already? Like, Oh, gosh. So specific. Now it needs to be. Oh, and I'm gonna make it happen. Gonna make it happen. Um, and then the last thing I wrote, again, kind of going back to, like, what I had said about Sky earlier, like, poor Sky is just trying to get married, and if you look at his face during the sequence where Donna has just completely taken over the wedding with all this man bullshit, he just looks so frustrated, <laughs> and it's really <laughs> funny, and I, I love it. I, I have think to that's... watch for that next time. Look for it next time, because it's fucking hilarious. Um, and those are my, I have some notes, uh, would you l- go ahead and share yours? Yes. Um, so, listen, Abba, I love the transition music from, like, okay, so in the beginning where they're doing, like, the car shooting of the guys mm-hmm. on their way, it was gimme, 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 and then the boat scene was, like, that cool little Waterloo thing. Mm-hmm. I just, ugh, the way that they sneak in their other songs, or, like, the songs already uh, sung in the movie, to action, action shots, or just, like, any other transition shot, I love i go bananas i'm like yes it really I've never feels, heard the music this way it really feels like a musical they do it so well the transitions mm-hmm. yeah you're right it's incredible um sophie i just wrote down i wanted more of her character the whole time like she's i i great great person like i agree like she is very flawed but the way she's just plays to me one note she's very like ah, na, 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 which is fine but when your mom is Donna, I want to see some more of that. But I understand it's opposite. That's just a personal take. I'm like, mm, yeah. But I feel <laughs> so. like that's, I like the difference between the two of them, though, because it just shows how different their lives have been, you know? Donna grew up with a very absent mother who didn't even want her to come back after she got pregnant. So she is way more independent than Sophie. And because they've been, like, attached to the hip all this time, of course Sophie feels incomplete without other people in her life. She needs a partner. She needs her mother. She needs a father who's been absent for 20 years, and yet all she cares about is knowing who he is. And I like that it just goes to show how different their lives have been to the point where they are, like, two completely different people. Yes. This is true. I guess, like, just a personal note. I was just like, oh, golly. This is... (laughs) I just want, for me, I've always wanted something more out of Sophie than, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Also, contain the eye rolls for people that don't like Mamma Mia 2, but when we have 
a sequel and we already have a first movie already set in place it is ridiculous to not make things coherent per se when they had the flashbacks of the potential dads Mm -hmm. you know when they're like oh this one's a rocker this one's a hippie this one's another thing and they didn't do that in the in the sequel i was like what the heck like the two eye tattoos on the knee so simple they could have gave that to the character but no there's there are so many things they got wrong with the sequel that they just completely ignored from the first movie. They were like, yeah. ah, people won't really care that much. But watching... <laughs> yeah, well, watching the movie the, this this time around, I was like, oh, wait, they are... They just said that Donna's mom is dead. Like, and then she just appears in the second movie. I was like, oh, Jesus, you guys, you didn't even try. No. Yeah. But, hey, now we have Cher in the canon. Who would have thought? <laughs> Which, like... Yeah, she's in the movie for, what, like, ten minutes? It's so forced. I was just like, oh, God. I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I Also, am I, I really know. supposed to believe that Cher is older than Meryl Streep? Like, I also found that offensive on both of their parts. I was like, you're really trying to tell me that I'm supposed to believe Cher is older than Meryl Streep? Like, that's offensive. Yeah, it's offensive to both of them. Well, like, no. these are things I haven't even thought about. I'm, I don't know. Like I said, Mamma Mia is a vibe to me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just, I'm just here for a good time. It's literally like, well, that's, that's, that's a part of a hot take. We'll get into it later. But anyways, um, I love how the dads, when Sophie has one attribute that's like them, they're like, oh my gosh, you're my daughter. Like, I'm oh like, dude, God, yeah. just because she can draw doesn't mean she got that from your sperm. See, I don't get mad at them. I get mad at her. Because, of course, like, because when you first meet her and she, like, oh, finds she's out about... Oh, manipulating them. Well, oh, shit. Well, that, and also when she first finds out about the Sophia connection, you see it in her face where she instantly thinks Bill is her father. Just mm-hmm. because she's named after his great aunt. I was like, oh my god, bitch. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, I think she's totally the one that, like, insinuates all of those things. Because they don't even think that they're her father until she's the one who kind of plants it in their head. Right. I mean, the shit she pulls with poor Harry when she says at the bar, like, I don't know. Or no, when she says, I think, to Bill, when she's like, I don't know who... Oh, no, no, no. It was Harry at the bar. She goes, uh, like, he asked where her father is, and she goes, I don't know. I don't know who my father is. And then gets dragged away and, like, doesn't try to finish the conversation. I was like, girl, you can't do that to him. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, no. Yeah, no. I love I love Sophie. I hate her. Okay, sorry. Continue with your I have some notes. <laughs> um, this is very specific, uh, but if Donna actually fell from that roof, she would have been in a back brace. Ah! Every time I watch that, I'm like, dude, how old are you and how high is that? And then my last one is something that we already talked about. I said, um, voices, love you, Meryl, and others, but I love dot 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 something else. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, dot dot dot, man. Gets them every time. Gets them every time. Holy shit. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. Also, I forget that this movie always takes place within four, within 48 hours. Like, Romeo and Juliet. It's like, oh, that happens oh, all yeah. right now? Yeah, this movie is, okay. like, insane. <laughs> yeah. That's actually so true. Wait, it really does only take place in 48 hours. Holy shit. Wow. I kind of, I love stories like that, though. Mm-hmm. That tends to be my writing style, too. I always try to do storylines in, like, 24, 48 hours. I just feel like that's real life. I feel like things happen faster than... I don't know. I don't know. Drama always happens better on a timeline. Um, this is true. All right, let's move into spicy hot takes. Um, which, do you want me to share my first one first? Do you want to go? 
Uh, however this runs. You can, you, you've been doing it, so yeah, you go. Okay, I'll read my first one, then we'll go back and forth. Um, let's see. My, okay, my first one, this is the question that I mentioned for you and then to post to our listeners as well. Mm, is okay. this, is this the best jukebox musical? Yes. Yeah, I say yes. I think that it has the strongest storyline to song translation, you know? Like it's a, by far the most successful too, I would imagine. Oh, I I actually know. I think that's I think that's true. I think it is financially the most successful musical. Um the most the most successful jukebox musical ever. Mm-hmm. And I I think the writing is incredible. I think every song translates super well to the musical and actually and actually it's hard for me to believe with some of the songs that they weren't written for the musical, which I think is a an amazing sign of a good jukebox musical. Um and yeah, I would love people, if you listen to this, uh, please message us on at Please Don't Remake This. Please let me know if you agree, if this is the best Duke Mox musical or if you can think of a better one. Because right now this is like, this is cream of the crop for me. Um, but that was one of my spicy hot takes. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Um, what is your first spicy hot take? Uh, I wrote down, people will say it's vapid talking about the script, but it's the whipped cream of movies like it's not earth shattering but by god it's good i think it's good um i i actually really like that analogy the whipped cream that's really cool um yeah i think it's great i think it's i think it fits the movie you know it's not trying to pretend to be anything that it's not this movie is what Fast and Furious is to men, I feel like. That's the analogy that I stick with. Like, Fast and Furious, there's no, like, the the plot is, like, just there, but you're there to see the cars. And for me, um, I'm, like, I'm he- the, the plot is kind of there, but, well, the plot is there. But I'm really here to watch people sing ABBA. That's yeah. just me, though. <laughs> and then when I talk about how much I love Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2, people are like, boy, it's so, it doesn't do anything. I'm like, okay, clearly you like to pretend that you think a lot when you watch movies. You don't like to just enjoy. You think that movies have to be stimulating to be good. Um, guess what? If you just have potatoes all your life, okay, have different, try a different movie, try different foods. It's, it's all good. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I loved that. Wow, that was great. <laughs> I have I have been presented this argument so many times, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. I am so prepared. I get that. Well, my next one kind of goes off of that, like, with the sequel. So this is one of my spicy hot takes on, like, the sequel idea, which we can talk about more when we get to remake. Mm-hmm. Spicy hot take for me. I think the sequel should have just been watching Donna and the Dynamos have a music career. Oh, I would have loved that. I would have, I would have loved that. I don't think they needed any storyline about Sophie and Sky. I don't think they needed anything about the island. It should have just been Lily James and her two best friends and Donna and the Dynamos. Because I definitely think that would have been an extremely much better movie. And that's me. Spicy Looks like we gotta have our prequel prequel, baby. No, please don't make another one. We'll get to that. Um, What's your next spicy hot take? Um, so people are not going to like me for this, but lay all your love on me is cringe. Okay, what do you find cringe about it? Because I could- Not the men with Mm -hmm. their little flippers, but the- just the whole delivery. I under- like, Amanda and uh, Skye, I think, have good chemistry up until this point for me. I just feel uncomfortable watching it because it's- 
I, I don't know. It just, the vibe is off. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to watch these people, like, try to have, like, faux sex on the beach. And, oh, but not really, because he, 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 we're PG-13. <laughs> um, and I'm like, also, I just, no. I, is this cringe? I enjoy it. I'll watch it, but with a slight twinge in my face. Okay. I think they could have made it so much better in two ways. One, a better transition into the song. The transition was horrible. Where they go, she mentions, like, her father's, he kind of, like, ignores that comment. Then all of a sudden she's like, well, you're not, you're never going to leave me, right? And then all of a sudden the song starts. Horrible transition. (laughs) Horrible transition. That's true. They could have written it so much better than that. I don't know why they didn't. Fuck that shit. It was bullshit. They they ran out of time. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And then, two, that song would work if they had established their relationship better. But before that song, Uh, all we've heard is bad things about them as a couple, that they shouldn't be getting married. Literally, that's all we've heard, is that they shouldn't get married, and then we're supposed to believe that they're in love. And it was, it's, like, that's one of the few moments in the movie I think it's really bad writing. And I don't like it. They did not do their that couple justice. They didn't earn that song, which is why it's cringe. Retweet. So, I agree with you. Yes, it is kind of cringe, but I do love the men in their, like, Scooby- I think it's hilarious. Oh, just show me that. I want them to sing that whole song. Forget, forget the characters. We already don't know what's going on. We're not gonna know now. <laughs> so just men with flippers. I want the whole walk from the dressing room <laughs> to the beach <laughs> with that song. Yes, I totally feel that. Um, my next one is related to kind of something that we talked about earlier, and this is probably my spiciest hot take. Oh. I think Bill and Harry should have ended up together and been the gay couple (gasps) in this. Okay. If if they were really going to push this, like, gay couple angle, if they were really going to force this into the movie, Bill and Harry have so much chemistry in this movie and have so many moments together with their dialogue where I'm like, wait, they're like hitting on each other right now. Like they're flirting. <laughs> there's Dude, so you're many, so right. Yeah, there's so many moments in this where I'm like, and also that's the idea of like the two opposites attract kind of thing. Like they perfect for each other. And I really didn't like that. Yeah, sure. If you're going to throw the gay angle into the movie, I think instead of th- picking a random person out of the Greek chorus to be Colin Firth's lover. I think it was already established with Bill and Harry and their awkward conversation at the at the table on the boat would have been even more funny if they were both trying to confess their feelings for each other and didn't know how to. I would read that fan fiction, you know? Me too. It probably exists. I bet I could find it. <laughs> um but I just think that the movie missed if you like if you're going to have a gay couple angle in the movie, I think they missed the biggest opportunity, which was the two of them. And also it would have made it easier, I think, for, like, all of them to, like, still stay related to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like it would have been a really fun character study for Donna to see, like, two of her former lovers get together and just be like, cool. Yeah, you go, guys. Um, yeah, I I think they 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 missed it. They missed a golden opportunity there. So that's my... Dude, I would get, I'm so takes. behind that. Yeah. Um, what's your next spicy hot take? Uh, so... Honestly, voulez-vous needs a warning because uh, <laughs> I get motion sickness from that. Also, Wait, yeah. I get motion sickness. What am I saying? <laughs> motion sickness from uh, like that one scene in the last Harry Potter movie when they're like running away from everybody from like the Death mm-hmm. Eaters. I get random points. It's not always. It's not always. Um, 
consistent, but this scene just gave it to me, like, the last couple of beats. But also, the, the uh, that, including the stress of the dads, like, the dads being like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, I am? Oh, I know who I am. I am your father. I'll do this for you. And then the guys in masks, like, whose idea was it to be like not only are these men going to invade this party like they're storming a castle they're going to be dressed up like they just got out of party city what this is an island they do not have chain stores i don't know where it's coming from (laughs) so voulez was like a question mark for me an enjoyable question mark it's a question mark that has lights colors and music but it still is a question mark. Well, see, Voulez-Vous is one of, like, my dream numbers to perform, and it's probably one of my favorites from the musical, actually, because I love the drama of it. Especially, like, I remember, it's probably the most memorable moment when I watched it on Broadway for the first time. That's actually the sequence I remember the best, because in the middle of it, I think, is when... No, 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 it's later, and it's in the second act, never mind. But you know how in the movie they barely hinted it, but in the musical she has full conversations with each of these men about, like, them being the father. And so to watch her do this in the middle of this party and then watch Voulez-Vous happen and her faint, like, it's such a good build-up, and I love... I even love in this movie how you see Meryl, you see Donna catching glimpses of her, like, freaking out. And I like how Mm -hmm. she looks so concerned and you realize, like, you get to see the mama bear in her where she's just like, oh my god, you know? And I really like it. And that's one of my favorite sequences in the movie. I just think that... I think that they earn that sequence. And... Oh, yes. It's definitely, like, a great propelling. Like, the thing is amazing. I guess, yeah. You just don't like the motion It's a lot of stimulus. (laughs) Very. That, and also, like, I don't like thrillers. Because I'm the type of person, if you say, hey... Uh, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, what do you mean, boy, boy? That, that's the rest of my day. Like, I, that's all I'm thinking about. So when the dads are like, oh, I will be there tomorrow. But all three of them say that. I, I just, I'm just like, dude, dude, you've got to tell me how this is going to end. I don't, I don't know. But like, but so like, it does a very good job at being a movie. And I love that moment, though, because I'm like, yeah, girl, like, lie in the bed that you just made. Like, this is your fucking chaos. This is your problem that you just created yourself because you Mm -hmm. were stupid. And I like that moment because I'm like, she's literally about to pay for what she just did. And it hits her Dude, this whole podcast is a Sophie-hating podcast. We don't like Sophie here. Which, like, I love her. I want to play her so bad. But, like, she makes so many bad decisions. So many bad decisions. (laughs) Honey, grow up. Of course you shouldn't get married. You do not know what you're doing at 20. Um, All right, so my next spicy hot take is uh, some criticisms of some of the songs I think could have been edited out or at least cut down a little bit. So, I I think Our Last Summer could have maybe been cut back a little bit, could have been edited a little shorter. Uh, I just feel like it goes on for quite a while. Um... But I do like that it sets up them all, like, her falling in love with all these three potential fathers. And I think it lays the groundwork for them wanting to be her father. So, mm. I get it. Um, Lay All Your Love On Me, I think, could have maybe tried to be, like, cut down just a little bit. Because, again, like, cringe. Or maybe just, like, write it into the movie better. <laughs> um, What else? I think, I even think maybe, like, Super Trooper could have been cut down maybe just a little bit. Um, SOS and, uh, when all is said and done, I think complete, could have been completely cut from the movie, did not need to be in the movie at all. Uh, I find SOS to be extremely cringeworthy. 
And when all is said and done, I also find to be super cringeworthy. And I think, and then the one that surprised me, which spurred on this spicy hot take, was that the winner takes it all. They did the whole song, which was not necessary. It is a very long song. And the whole, her whole verse about, like, his other, like, his former wife, which she doesn't know yet that they're divorced, but, like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of awkward. Because, like, there's never another moment where they really get into that past yet. You know, they don't really get into it until at the wedding. So it's hard to, like, hear about the past of them without, like, the context beforehand. They did, they, like, skipped, like, they, like, what's the phrase? Like, they went, they got to the cart, they threw the cart before the horse. Yeah. Like, they they did it mm-hmm. in the wrong order. Um, So I think they could have cut that down a a bit, at least, like, a verse or two. Um, so that's my spicy hot take on the songs of the movie. And then I think they could All have right. For slipped SOS in Under Attack. And... Yes, please. Dear God, that would have been better. Um, for SOS and When All Is Said and Done, is it cringe because of Piers Morgan? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yes. Is that is that his name? Yeah, Piers... Piers, Piers no, Piers Brosnan. <laughs> Piers Morgan. Oh, uh, somebody else. Um, no, Piers Brosnan. Yeah, you're fine. Um, but, uh, yes, one, I think it's super cringe because he's not good at singing. Um, (laughs) and two, I also just think it's weird that all of a sudden, like, the movie really pushes, because they don't have as much material to work with as the stage musical, they really try to force feed the relationship between the two of them so that we believe they get married in the end, which also shouldn't Mm -hmm. happen. Um, and, um... I don't like it because SOS tries to make me believe that, like, if they just communicate, they're suppo- they're meant to be together. Which I'm like, mm, there's not enough evidence, really, to support that. It's just, like, you guys are trying too hard to be, like, a cute rom-com. And it's, like, not realistic <laughs> enough for me. Um, so, yeah, I just find SOS to be uh, totally unnecessary. And I think it's earned in the stage musical, but definitely not in this one. That's how they get you. Yep. It's... Uh, what's your next spicy hot take? Well, actually, piggybacks off of that, um, these people just don't communicate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people who don't communicate, makes that's what makes movies. And so, <laughs> literally, all my microaggressions are just like, wow, this this wouldn't be happening if you just spoke what was on your, what was on your heart. But hey, okay, here's another song. <laughs> I love them for it, but also, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my last one is a pretty simple one. So, you know, they're at this wedding. Sophie at the last second decides, like, let's go see the world. Let's not get married. And all I wrote was, why don't they get married and go see the world? Like, hmm. por qué no los dos? Why can't they do both? It makes no sense. Like, they both agreed to get married. They both, like, were okay with getting married. They've made that clear. So, like, why not just, like, finish the ceremony and then go see the world? Nobody told you you have to stay. Also, it'll probably make it easier for you two to travel together if you're married. Right. I guess they're just like, well, since we're not I don't know. Since we're leaving, might as well just go against everything we planned for. Whoops, yeah, it's we'll like, try again later. And you just wasted <laughs> like, a shit ton of money that you definitely didn't pay for. Ah. And it's... God. I think it's so stupid. Like, I was like, it's... Uh, God, I love Sophie, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, okay if you say you don't like Sophie. This is a safe place. <laughs> 
Just say what you're feeling, Lauren. <laughs> oh, don't I always. Um, what is your, um, what's your, do you have another spicy hot take? Uh, I mentioned this before, but it's so funny how this movie is all about how weddings are a sham, and I love it. Well, at least, like, young marriage. Yes. that's all, that's literally the antithesis of so many rom-coms, and it's refreshing, and it's never, it's something that I didn't really even think about, this concept, till like, probably a few times I watched it, and I'm like, wow, these people don't want them to get married. Oh, wait. They're all not about marriage. <laughs> like, <gasps> these people aren't married. Well, Pierce, um, that one guy did. Why am I forgetting their names? Wow. Bill. Favorite You're talking about Bill. <laughs> was, it, was it Bill the blonde guy? No. Um. Oh, wait. Yeah, Sam. 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 These three-lettered names. Just, ugh. Get Tom, me. Dick, or Harry. Um, Sam, Bill, or Harry. Um, it's all confusing. But yes, I love that. Wait, weddings are sham. Just sing Ab instead. That's how I live my life. I don't think weddings. I'm, but I'm, I'm now the converted. I'm, I'm going to get married. I'm excited about getting married. But like, I like weddings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I okay, do. Let me asterisk this. Let me, let me asterisk this by saying, uh, the, like, I guess it's also by the way you grew, like, our how we're um, raised is oh, also yeah. affects a lot of our output, obviously. But, um, being from a place that as I said before, <laughs> is, like, very pro-young marriage, and seeing this, it, it feels liberating and very good to say weddings are a sham. Yeah, but I know and- they're not, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah, there's another way to live life, and that's okay if it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, yeah and I agree. Young Just weddings- to clarify, yeah. Yeah, 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 I totally agree with that. Young weddings, I think, is, like, a horrible idea. I vent about it on my episode of The Birdcage, because they're getting mm. married at, like, 18 in that movie. And I find it appalling. I'm like, you can't make any decisions at 18. Are you fucking kidding me? You just got the right to vote. Sit the fuck down. (laughs) You can't even legally drink yet. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, So I, no, I totally see where you're coming from. I, I, I do agree with that to an extent. Um, But yeah, nice spicy hot take. Do you have any more or was that it? Uh, that's, that's, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, now we move on to the ironic question of the podcast. Should this be remade? Which, as we all know, this is a stage musical, so it's revived and revived and revived many times. Hopefully, I would love to see this go back to Broadway someday, because I do love this musical. Um, yes, and I think it would please. be incredible. Um, and um, and then, of course, they made the sequel uh, three years ago now, in 2018. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And to say I was disappointed in the sequel is an understatement. I was so fucking disappointed when I watched it. Um, I remember even sitting in the audience and like, you know, how sometimes when you're sitting in an audience, you can literally like feel the energy of the audience and you can kind of get a gist of like how everybody's feeling about the movie. Mm-hmm. As we were watching it, I could feel the audience being disappointed. Like I could feel oh everybody gosh. being like, oh, this was not what I signed up for. And in uh, to, like, summarize why I don't like it, the best part of the first movie was Meryl Streep, and to just completely remove mm. her was the dumbest idea possible. Like, they, if, if Meryl didn't, wasn't going to sign on to the movie, they shouldn't have made it. Or, if you're gonna make it, like, what my spicy hot take I suggested earlier, they should have made it with just Lily James and two other girls, the two people that they cast, and just did did a movie about Donna and the Dynamos, and we watched them perform and, like, go through some life's, like, up and downs. 
But the whole Sky and Sophie angle that's so forced, the whole hotel angle that's so forced, the idea that we're just supposed to deal with the fact that Meryl Streep's character was killed off camera and that- Killed or died? Oh, died. Ha, <laughs> killed. I listened to too like... many true crime documentaries. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This oh, is a hot- shit. Oh, oh man, that, that would have been, been a more entertaining movie. <laughs> that would have been way more entertaining. Um, yeah, they just shouldn't. Then have... they can bring in Under Attack. Then we can have that song. Oh, that song would. <laughs> oh, can you imagine them rewriting it as like a true crime song? Oh, fucking funny. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, I I I wish they hadn't done it. I really hope they don't do another one. I don't think they will. I don't think it was that successful. Um, or at the very least, critics hated it. So I hope that they don't make another one. But like. It was, I was really mad. I just, like, was, like, it was such a fucking waste of my time. And I'm hopefully never have to watch it again. Because I'm not going to. Um, so, yeah. That's, that, that's my opinion on the remake. Go, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, obviously, we were living in two different realities. Uh, <laughs> my, when I watched it in the audience, I watched it twice in theaters. Wow. And the whole vibe of it, people were dancing. Oh! <gasps> out of the theater like i'm telling you we are on two different real two, two different planes of existence <laughs> wow. and like everyone that i talked to at least obviously in my circle so it's pretty opinionated they love it they don't think it's better than the original i mean like come on we we're grounded but um the vibe of it is very similar it's the free the reason why i love these movies and the reason why i love the second one is because it is a Yes, they don't have Meryl Streep, but I didn't... Here's another hot take. I love... Meryl Streep did make Mamma Mia... Did make the Mamma Mia movie, but if she wasn't in it, I would still enjoy it. Maybe not as much, but I, I'm not watching it for the actors. I'm watching it for the the vibe, the story, the, the feeling that I get after I watch the movie. So that's probably why I really like the second one as well. It's because it gives... It shows this woman's life after graduating. She's like, oh, I just want to make something of the world. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's, like, what I how I felt after college, too. And um, to see a venture she goes on, and she's meeting random people in a different ways. And I'm like, whoa, I, I see myself in this, and this is what I still want to do. And then the music. Being a big, huge fan of ABBA, I'm clearly biased. And every everybody's... Um, opinion is valid um but this is just mine <laughs> and I, I i want more like abba has so many songs that they could make a so many other movies and as long as it's true to the vibe and like i say the vibe a lot but the way that <laughs> the message that it sends of like live free live young well that's that's my interpretation it's like just be free-spirited, man. I, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh, what I wrote down is, because I thought that should this be remade, I thought it was the, um, just talking about the original. I don't, ca- I don't really count the second movie as a remake. I counted it as, like, just another movie by itself. Mm-hmm. But, but this applies to that, too. And also, um, I might be wrong, but last time I checked they actually made a boatload of money off of the second one as well as the first. They, like, they pro- were both... They probably did. I feel like critics just didn't like it. Well, hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> follow the money. If Tom Cruise can still make shitty movies and make a lot of uh... money, I will I will consume literally anything they put on a plate 
that has ABBA on it, okay? That's just who I am. <laughs> but I wrote down, uh, yes, I would love this to be redone like Shakespeare. Like, just put Mamma Mia in a different time period in a different country. Dude, I will watch it. 1930s? Put it in... I saw on TikTok there was this one girl who um, made a TikTok about how Mamma Mia is set in, like, the 1800s, like, Bridgerton. Uh-huh. I was oh. like... <gasps> this is amazing. And she was talking about, she was like writing a letter saying, my dearest friends, I have written, a, I've written a letter to three eligible suitors that my mom see that. And I was like, what? I want this as a movie now. <laughs> I want the classical ABBA mo- uh, songs with these costumes. I don't know. I'm, I understand. I have a very skewed <laughs> mind. Uh, I'm coming from a very biased place, but yes, that, that, that's my, uh, my answer. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'll leave it on that hopeful note. I liked like your your <laughs> idea of like live like live young, live free, like carefree and all of that. I I get that and I do I subscribe to that message. I yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. I do agree that points in the second movie were forced, but I don't know, just like just like the the grace of Jesus, it just washes over the music washes over the sins, and I'm like, I get emotional. Like, okay, this is also a fun fact. I watched that movie drunk in theaters. Like every time they sang, uh, this is the second time I watched it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time they sang, we took a shot. My friend and I, <gasps> dude, and by like, um, what's that song? By, on Dante, on Dante, dude, I was. I was vibing in the theater. I was, I was I like swiveling in my chair, like oh my gosh. And then when Madonna, I said Madonna, when Cher came on on the screen, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a shot every time Cher comes on. Oh no! Because I know the age thing is a like a weird thing, but I was like, I'm, I just love it. <laughs> oh my! God. Feel free to disagree. I love hearing different opinions. No, I just like I get where you're. I can, I kind of get where you're coming from with the sequel. I just think it was, it could have been better. Like what I've already said, basically, like, I think that they could have just like tried harder. I think it was definitely the kind of movie where they were like, "Mm, we might as well do it if we're going to make money. And Mm. I hate watching movies where you can smell the greed, you know? And that was all I got out of it was just like a studio being very greedy. And I was like, that's lame. I'm not, I'm not interested. So, yeah. I guess my nose doesn't work, because, whoa, I, I didn't even sniff that out. I'm, I don't know, there's, like, agree the message gets me. It's just like getting, it's like getting into an MLM, where you can, you, you keep telling me that it's a pyramid scheme, but I'm just like, I'm making money, I'm working from my home, you know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, they're, it's both true, but... <laughs> but do you want to subscribe to it? Yeah. Oh, actually, I do. <laughs> I'll be in the MLM. I'm I'm on the top ranking. No! Sorry, you can also tell I'm in the, the MLM. I, hey, I don't know. You know, when people like what they like, I, I just take it to it. There's no. so many other things I'm so critical about, but, like, I don't know. I'm just... I'm the type of person that I just live and let live. <laughs> You don't, that is, yeah, again, your aesthetic in a nutshell. (laughs) So, hey, but I understand where you're coming from as well. It's, it's, uh, especially since you, you're the whole reason you got into theater 
was because of Mamma Mia. Well, it was like the, the it was part point. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's just like for me, Phantom of the Opera, the sec, the uh... sequel, dude. It doesn't matter. I cannot get behind that. So I understand. Like, <laughs> that's and people are like, wow. oh, Love Never Dies is the best. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't count. It's not canon. I know Andrew Lloyd count. Webber made the music. He made it, but like, no, in my world. Pfft, trash well, so. it's, it's literally just fan fiction they just made a sequel exactly out of fan fiction. <laughs> but that's another it's podcast good music. <laughs> i love that dude one um once upon another time once love that but what is the it plot is like oh, a oh, kindergarten wait once upon a time another time is that a song from it i don't even remember that yeah mu- the musical once that much. upon it's been so- another time mama, 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 mama. that's something like that yeah wow okay <laughs> damn um, well, all right. I think that's everything with Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, we here we go again. All of these. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so that, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this journey. I hope you all rewatch this movie because it is a thrilling ride. I highly recommend. Um, thank you, Madison, for coming on the show. I am so happy to have you as a guest. This was so much fun. Yes. Um, pl- pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. Everybody go check out her podcast, Unstructions, U-N and Instructions, and follow at Unstructions, Unstructions on Instagram. And please follow at Please Don't Remake This on Instagram. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to your podcast. I really appreciate it. I love reading your reviews. I love hearing feedback. DM me on Insta. I will write back. Uh, and thanks for listening. Again, I hope you all join us next week. And yeah, I always say thank you a million times because I really appreciate it. I, I love all of you very much. And thank you for listening. Bye! Bye. <laughs> yeah.